New World Order's secret war against free speech has been blown wide open by historic congressional hearings. Watch live. So that's what's happening right now. And it's illegal from so many angles to have government and intelligence agencies and dinosaur legacy media with think tanks and big tech all working in tandem in these big workstations. And it's not just Twitter. We know about this because Elon Musk allowed it to be seen. So now he's under criminal investigation by the FTC and the FBI. They admit that. And they want to know who all the journalists are that he's let see the censorship files run by the FBI because it was the FBI that one of their former senior agents running that department in Twitter. And they gave national security clearances to hundreds of Twitter executives so they could be given access to these classified databases and dashboards that can read all your private stuff that, that has everything about you. They have created an army of activated spies to illegally attack, surveil, censor, harass, and then deplatform and debank us. That's the social credit score. It's not coming, it's here. And now the big illegal social credit score is being exposed in Congress. The people involved all need to go to prison now. Rallying patriots worldwide in defense of human liberty, it's Alex Jones. Tomorrow's news today. In um, in your discussion, in your answer, you also said that you were invited by a friend, Barry Weiss. My friend Barry Weiss. So this friend works for Twitter, or what is what is her? Um... She's a journalist. Sir, I didn't ask you a question. I'm I'm now asking Mr. Schellenberger a question. Please yes, ma'am. Barry Weiss is a journalist. I'm sorry, sir. She's a journalist. She's a journalist. So you work in concert with her? Um. Yeah. Do you know when she first um, was contacted by Mr. Musk? I, I don't know. You don't know. So you're in this as a threesome? Um, there was many more people involved than that. There was many more people involved with it. Everybody got a kick out of that. I guess you could call what happened Wednesday afternoon an orgy if uh, three reporters working together is a menage a trois, then I guess uh, when I called more than 15 reporters Wednesday to make sure this broke the next day, and now it's all over the place. See, InfoWars can't absorb and eat this whole elephant, and so a lot of journalists and reporters and talk shows, when they got a bunch of big news but can't get to it all, they just sit on it. Not me. And, and I don't tell the story to brag, I, I, I tell it because it's something other people should start doing, other folks are starting to do it. I don't care about breaking the big stories. I care about defeating the New World Order. <laughs> and if I don't have people in D.C. to go to the Proud Boys kangaroo trial, where the feds accidentally leaked the fact that they were ordered to destroy evidence and commit a bunch of other things that look like serious crimes, I just called up more than 15 different reporters and organizations and groups and pointed them at the court filing that was about to be made at 11 o'clock Wednesday night. Then it all started breaking uh, yesterday as the press went and found out it was true. And now we've got all these articles out on it today. 
Proud Boys January 6th edition trial halted after leaked chat log show FBI agent said her boss ordered her to destroy evidence. Ordered her to destroy evidence and more. Here's one out of WUSA TV station in D.C. Spill of potentially classified messages upends Proud Boys trial. And when you go read these articles, it's everything I told you Thursday here on the show. And now it's all over the news today. And they may suspend the trial. They may have to have a mistrial. I mean, normally you would, but D.C.'s so corrupt. But see, that's a little example of an orgy. Because if you think, well, she's like, well, what are you doing talking to other journalists? That's kind of weird. What are you, why are you sharing stuff with people? Because that's what you do when you're a real journalist. Now, I wear a pundit's hat, a journalist hat, a, a ranter's hat, a father's hat, a crazy man's hat. This is a talk show. We, we have a free-for-all here. But when it comes to hardcore breaking things, our greatest work has been handing the ball off to other people. And I've always said that's my mission is to become obsolete. Now, we're far from obsolete, but we've come halfway because you look around the world now and you see what's going on, and it's like, Russell Brown sounds like Alex Jones. Matt Gates sounds like Alex Jones. Tucker Carlson sounds like Alex Jones. Joe Rogan sounds like Alex Jones. Everybody sounds like Alex Jones now. What the hell's going on? They got all these London Guardian articles, New York Times articles. Jones has infected the world. We can track what he says, and then later it's in all the talking points, even by Congress. This guy's the biggest menace the planet's ever seen. No, 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 no. They're just taking the blinders off and seeing from the angles I look at things, from different angles, and they're getting it. And once the public gets it, it's not just journalists, it's the public, it's bye-bye New World Order. Ha, 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 ha. It's Friday. We got one hell of a transmission lined up today. The deep state's in full retreat. Stay with us. We'll be back. The hearings taking place in Congress are burning down the deep state. We're learning what we already knew, but it's all confirmed now, that major big pharma working with big tech and the government blocked the truth about COVID's origins and reporters and others that were exposing it. And, of course, the reign of terror continued on to go after those exposing election fraud, open borders, and more. It's all coming out. A giant organized crime, corporate, governmental, syndicate with intelligence agencies generaling the operation to shut down and suppress the American people in a digital dictatorship. A digital dictatorship that was growing tentacles and getting up on its legs, but now is burning down to the ground. I have to get to a question I'm amazed hasn't been asked of the two of you. This FTC consent decree, where it is government action subject to rigorous scrutiny under First Amendment standards, government action demanding that your names be listed. How did it feel when you found out that you were being expressly targeted by a government document based on your reporting? It was chilling. I mean, it's disturbing. I, I never thought that would happen in the United States of America perfectly honest. I've been in a bunch, I've lived in a bunch of authoritarian countries, I've visited a lot of authoritarian countries, never thought this kind of thing would be going on here. And the nexus to authoritarianism is the desire to control the nature of truth itself. Our understandings change about things, we learn new things, we challenge prior assumptions. But if a bunch of people in Washington, D.C. get to decide what the truth is, and then enforce it on the country, and then punish and target those who report on their conduct, we are drifting more toward that. How did you feel, Mr. Tybee, when you saw your name 
I was uh, upset, obviously. Um, I, I lived in uh, Russia during the 90s and early 2000s. I was there when Putin took power. I was friends with a group of uh, very brave, uh, muckraking reporters in Russia, many of whom didn't make it. A few of them um, were murdered after Putin came to power. So I've always been conscious of how the risks that other reporters take in other countries are incredibly severe, and that's one of the reasons why I'm motivated to protect the First Amendment, because our, our country has the best protections for reporters in the world. Um, but this kind of thing, where the government is looking for information about reporters, it's usually a canary in the coal mine that something worse is coming in terms of uh, an effort to exercise control over the press. And so on that level, it's, it's absolutely disturbing. Also, the Aspen Institute report that we, we uh, published today, uh, talked about today in the Twitter files thread, um, one of their recommendations was that the FTC be empowered uh, to get uh, to have unlimited power to search uh, all data of uh, private companies, so that they could more freely and more accurately search uh, the speech of ordinary citizens. So, so as we're trying to put downward pressure on the government's expanding authority to be able to engage in what we see mostly from dictatorships, what you're reporting and what you're observing is that actually they view this as a growth industry. The information business, right? This this yes. censorship industrial complex is a growth industry to the government. I think the key thing also, yes, and the thing to understand is that NSF... New, how, what is NewsGuard, and how are they part of the censorship industrial complex? Yeah, and we, by the way, we talked about Richard Stengel. He's on the board of NewsGuard. NewsGuard and the Different Disinformation Index are both U.S. government-funded entities who are working to drive advertiser revenue away from disfavored publications and towards the ones that they favor. This is... Uh, now, you totally know, what I'm used to in this town is government officials pick their favorite outlets and they give them the best scoops and they give them the best stories and there's a fusion of media and government that has long made me uncomfortable. What, but what you're describing now is literally the directing of revenue to certain media companies over other media companies designed and implemented with U.S. government funding and support. That's right. I, that, that is an astonishing way. If we do not take a look at NewsGuard, we, we have failed. And you talk about the brave reporting that occurs and what it subjects you to. I would suggest there is also political bravery that I have observed. While we've only heard from Democrats on this panel attacking you, discrediting you, a lot like they've tried to attack and discredit FBI whistleblowers who are truth tellers, there are brave Democrats who still believe in free speech. And I would advise my colleagues to look at the comments of Ro Khanna, who has been deeply, deeply concerned about this weaponization of government. And he believes these Twitter files are indeed worthy of our focus and our energy, and that is exactly what we are going to do. I Coming to you from deep in the heart of Texas, I'm Alex Jones, your host. Thank you for joining us on this Friday transmission. Wow, the wheels have come off the New World Order, their engines blown, not just here, but around the planet. Humanity is waking up very, very fast to the technocracy, the mark of the beast, the global cashless society, the surveillance grid, the censorship straitjacket. Here he is, one of the journalists there in the hearings yesterday, Michael Schellenberger, on the censorship industrial complex Orwellian mission. We went from, you go from a, a situation where we were fighting ISIS recruiting, and then it was Russian disinformation, and now they're in a situation where they're wanting to censor true information, accurate facts, because they're worried that people might behave in ways that they don't want them to. That involves mind reading at a level that is grossly inappropriate. I mean, I worry even about making this defense because let's remember, the First Amendment protects our right to be wrong. Mm -hmm. It protects our right to lie. I mean, it's bizarre to me that we would need to make a defense of the First Amendment and remind people that we have a right to be wrong. And being wrong, as Matt was explaining, is a big part of being a human being and having a democracy. So this is disturbing and chilling, and you're absolutely right to be outraged by it. There needs to be a full truth and reconciliation that I hope everybody 
would appreciate um, having on this issue because a lot of bad behavior has come out about what they've done. And that reminds me, I sent these clips to the crew. There's one I forgot to send you, but it, it's all over the place. It was brought up a lot in the hearings in the last two days. And it's reading the Twitter files where the CDC and the New York Times and a bunch of other uh, groups in this consortium of crime, the, this, this, this mafia organization of control, say specifically, okay, the vaccine's killing people. It is making people die. It is true it doesn't work. But even though it's true, it's going to keep people from taking it. So we've got to suppress it. And that's what he was alluding to over and over again. Well, this is really technically true. Remember about a year and a half ago, the uh, college uh, sports player that had a full scholarship in Arizona, I forget the name, it was all over the news, had myocarditis. And the doctors said it was caused by the Moderna shot he took. And it almost killed him. And then they censored him on Yahoo and censored him on Instagram. Uh, his, his video had like 10 million views. And Yahoo said, well, we talked to the board at the UN that runs the censorship. And, and later, the head of that board last year, actually earlier this year, in January, she went on TV. We played the clip like 50 times, 15 probably, actually. And she said, oh, we actually run the censorship. We tell the big tech companies and the U.S. government what to do. And then they censor it. And, and they said in the, in the article, well, we went to the UN board that runs the censorship, and they said, where well, it's true he had this myocarditis uh, from the shot, we still suppressed it because it's going to cause vaccine hesitancy if people see his story. So we would advise him not to talk about it anymore. And, and I read that Yahoo article probably 10 times on air. And I'm just like, you wake up and the UN's in charge, and they're like, Oh, first we're going to censor because of ISIS or Russia or all this or racism or whatever. And now it's, well, we're going to censor the truth because then we can't control the narrative. Uh, and then the greater good we're doing will be stopped. Total war on free speech as even mainline press is facing censorship and control. And uh, go ahead and hit refresh on that headline because I, I actually decided to rewrite the headline for the show today. There it is. New World Order's secret war against free speech has been blown wide open by historic congressional hearings. Watch live. So that's what's happening right now. And it's illegal from so many angles to have government and intelligence agencies and dinosaur legacy media with think tanks and big tech all working in tandem in these big workstations and it's not just Twitter. We know about this because Elon Musk allowed it to be seen. So now he's under criminal investigation by the FTC and the FBI. They admit that. And they want to know who all the journalists are that he's, let's see, the censorship files run by the FBI. Because it was the FBI, that one of their former senior agents, running that department in Twitter. And they gave national security clearances to hundreds of Twitter executives so they could be given access to these classified databases and dashboards that can read all your private stuff that, that has everything about you. They have created an army of activated spies to illegally attack, surveil, censor, harass, and then deplatform and debank us. That's the social credit score. It's not coming, it's here. And now the big illegal social credit score is being exposed in Congress. The people involved all need to go to prison now. All right, we got some big guests coming up the second and third hour into the fourth hour today. I'll tell you more about that as we get close to the end of the hour, which is still 40 minutes away. 
Okay, let's get back to the huge congressional hearings yesterday, and then there's so much more I'm going to be getting into uh, after that. A House panel has launched an investigation into the defunct January 6th committee, something Steve Bannon was calling for the last few days. We have got major developments with the World Health Organization, UN Global Pandemic Treaty, and a lot of big developments on the COVID-19 front. We knew this was coming. It's globally standardized. Chickens kept in gardens will have to be registered under planned new rules. That's what they call pieces, pieces of property around your house in the UK. In the name of fighting bird flu, they want to register all small farms so they can shut them down. Just like they're trying to shut down gas stoves and space heaters all over the world. And then when they publicly propose it here in the U.S. and we say we don't want it, they make fun of us and say nobody proposed it. We've got the Energy Secretary, Jennifer Granholm, on that coming up as well. But I want to get back to the war on the press. It's a lot bigger than that. It's a consortium directed by the Carnegie, Ford, and Rockefeller endowments that create the original master policy. Then it had been going on for decades secretly, but it accelerated under Obama. Then when Trump went in, he basically kept his people in government. So Trump was never fully president. They could then undermine, they could spy, they could surveil. They then fired up all these think tanks and all these, quote, news watch fact checker groups. All these big universities got involved, big corporations, dinosaur media, big tech. And they created all these different software systems where the different levels of the spies and operatives could communicate and coordinate with law firms suing people, lawfare, all of it debanking, harassing people, sending Antifa to people's houses when they chose to do so. This is a full high-tech political repression totalitarian mechanism. The worst the world's ever seen makes the Stasi in East Germany blush. Makes anything the Chi-Coms have thought up look unsophisticated because the Chinese know they're under control, know there's a social credit score. This is a social credit score being slid in under the radar in front of everybody. So it's hiding in plain view. So if you just admit it's going on, admit it's illegal, it'll start falling like dominoes. I'm going to hit this big clip dealing with the level of the control and how it causes massive death in a moment. But first, InfoWars is the recognized canary in the coal mine. InfoWars is the recognized standard of resistance. The enemy wants it shut down. They want it destroyed. We have fearlessly fought on, and you have done an amazing job spreading the word praying for the broadcast and buying product. But I really need people that have been on the fence that can redouble their efforts spreading the articles and videos and clips to reach more people. And I need listeners and viewers that have never gone to InfoWarsStore.com to go there. We have the best CBD oil for half off what it is anywhere else, highest quality, what it does for your joints, your bones, inflammation, your neurons, your brain. Just look into this wide-spectrum CBD oil. It's, it's, it's a gift that God gave us. We have three different types, 25 milligram, 10 milligram, and 1,000 milligram. And it's powerful stuff. It's at InfoWarsStore.com. Get it today. You need it in your medicine cabinet. You need it. You need to have it. Get it today. Also, we have the great ultimate bone broth. It's been sold out for over two years. Reformulated even stronger and better with the turmeric, the chaga mushroom, the bee pollen, the list goes on and on, the magnesium. It's back in stock. Discounted InfoWarsStore.com. Incredible it does for your whole body, your immune system. It's just as strong as an ox. InfoWarsStore.com. The prebiotics sold out for over a year. 
that loved formula is now back. What it does for your gut flora and your intestines and your health is phenomenal. Get it at InfoWarsStore.com or 888-253-3139. And by the way, uh, for last year, when we had like three customer service people to take calls, and they did okay, but they were overwhelmed sometimes. We've hired four more people, and I would say our customer service that was A+, plus during all the crises the last few years, went down to about a C+. Plus. It's back to an A-plus right now when you call the toll-free number for any questions or information or to order over the phone. 888-253-3139. That is the number as well. I want to thank you all for your support. You want the nitric boost as well for your heart cardiovascular system. Uh, we've got our Turmeric 95. That's the name of the product. It's the same formula uh, as Body's Ultimate Turmeric Formula. Uh, it's just directly from the folks we were already buying it from. So we were able to cut the price some. It's available and does amazing things as well. Infowarstore.com. Okay, let's get to this. Representative Kat Kamek and Michael Schellenberger discussed Twitter censoring Stanford professors and Dr. Fauci basically running it and calling for a published takedown while he runs around in the public saying he never ran any censorship or wasn't involved in it. He's a criminal liar. Here it is. Up on the screen, you can see a email from October of 2020. This is from then NIH director Francis Collins to Dr. Anthony Fauci. It goes on in to say this proposal talking about the Great Barrington Declaration, is from three fringe epidemiologists who met with the secretary, and it seems to be getting a lot of attention, even a signature, a co-signature from a Nobel Prize winner. Key line in here that I would like to point out, there needs to be a, quote, quick and devastating published takedown of its premises. I don't see anything like that online yet. Is it underway? Signed, Francis. Now, what I find interesting is if you fast forward into June of 2021, the Biden administration was raging at social media companies. There is communications that we can produce for the record that state we would like you to combat, quote unquote, misinformation. Now, we, thanks to the Twitter files, know that Twitter executives were using the term visibility filtering, and that really to the rest of the American general public was shadow banning, correct? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So all of a sudden, we saw a rash of blacklists created by Twitter at the highest levels that were taking down some of the signatories and creators of this very Barrington Declaration, correct? Jay Bhattacharya, the yes. Stanford professor who I don't think anybody considers a fringe epidemiologist, was indeed, I'm sorry, I couldn't, I didn't piece it together. He's, he By the way, let's indeed, hit pause. Uh, we're we're going to come back, back this up 10 seconds and, and play the rest of it because we're going to break here. But you understand that during the Red Scare and all of it, a few thousand admitted communists had their rights violated, and I'm against that because we don't want to become what we're fighting. And that's called by Hollywood, the left, the greatest evil the planet ever saw. This is millions of people being shadow banned and surveilled and tracked just because they were telling the truth. And this is prestigious top university heads of departments with their Barrington Declaration, where it caused massive suicide, the mass caused bacterial pneumonia, uh, huge amounts of depression, retarding the growth of children, 
causing millions to starve to death in the third world. I mean, it was horrible. It was a horrible globalist lockdown on the planet. And so a bunch of scientists get together and point that out and point out other inconsistencies. And they're like, this is too devastating. We want it shut down. And, and indeed, it did then get shut down. I mean, th again, organized, massive criminal activity, way bigger than left versus right. This is just total control. And it's just the beginning of they're not stopped. The good news is the dam has broken. Stay with us. It's Friday, March 10th. We are the battering ram. We are the juggernaut. We are the truth's weapon platform. We are at war with the tyrants. We are the info war. All right, my wonderful listeners and viewers. I could spend the whole four-hour show on this, but let's just get through more of these clips now, and then I got a bunch of other news to hit. But this is historic. The corporate media and the rest of the criminals that are all complicit continue to gaslight you and say, we're not surveilling you, we're not censoring you, it doesn't exist. Remember four and a half years ago when they were deplatforming me, they said, Jones made up a term deplatforming, even though we had the documents. Jones made up the term shadow banning, why we don't do that. Why, government's not involved. And I'm like, here's the damn documents. Obama put this in place in his last month in office in 2016. So it's so frustrating when we've known all this for a long time, but the good news is the public's finally getting it. Just three years ago, I confronted Sundar Pichai, the head of Google, in some of these kangaroo hearings. And in that same hearing where I was being attacked but couldn't testify, as I sat there listening to him testify, in the room, they went back to an old thing about, is it true Google can track your location? No, sir, we don't do that. That's like saying the sun doesn't come up or isn't yellow or that water isn't wet. But forever, they would not even tell them they were tracking people because the Congress was so technologically illiterate. But now you notice the growth curve of knowledge is here. Now they know everything they're being told is a lie by big tech, who, again, is the consortium that lets all this tyranny take place. So finish up the clip uh, talking about the Great Barrington Declaration and these top professors and how Fauci and others had their minions censor it, and they gave the order, and it happened. Here it is. Jay Bhattacharya, the yes. Stanford professor who I don't think anybody considers a fringe epidemiologist, was indeed – I'm sorry, I, couldn't, I didn't piece it together. He's, he was indeed – um, visibility filtered. Correct. And so this blacklist that was created that really was used to uh, deplatform, uh, reduce visibility, yes. um, create lists internally where people couldn't even see their profiles. That was used against doctors and scientists who produced information that was contrary to what the CDC was putting out, despite the fact that we now know that what they were publishing had scientific basis and, in fact, was valid. Absolutely. And not only that, but these are secret blacklists. So Professor Bhattacharya had no idea he was on it. I mean, this is East Germany Stasi kind of behavior. That's what this is. And um, the Great Barrington Declaration, by the way, I was skeptical of it at the time, but it actually now uh, looks pretty good in terms of how 
response to COVID. But even if it was totally wrong, it still deserved, I mean, this is the whole point of the First Amendment, is that Absolutely. I think we all have the experience of you're not right until you're wrong a lot. You know, you actually have to have that debate and that conversation. So by repressing that, we actually stifled, I think, a much broader conversation we could have had about how to effectively respond to COVID because they were secretly blacklisting people like Jay Bhattacharya. And once it's not secret, the criminal activity can be exposed, documented, and defeated. So this is the moment we've reached. It, it's a very important moment. And this censorship isn't just medical. It's, it's elections. It's how they game knowledge and information stories so you can't see something like the Hunter Biden laptop they knew was real to manipulate elections. At that level, they did interfere massively in the elections 100 times what the Russians could ever dream of. And it was the criminals that have hijacked this country that did it. They did steal the 2020 election just by algorithmic manipulation of the news and election information, where 98% of it was pro-Democrat in major studies. Now, here is Congressman Thomas Massey discusses Pfizer board member Scott Gottlieb's role in censoring tweets about natural immunity, which is a known fact. Here it is. I also found as a result of the FOIA, CDC tracks every tweet that a congressman puts out. Not just Republican, but Democrat. They keep a spreadsheet. They make it every week. Uh, this showed up in the FOIA for me because I'm in their spreadsheet that they track. Why is this interesting? Okay, so they're tracking congressman's tweets at CDC. They're enrolled in the partner support uh, portal at, uh, at Twitter. And then I found, this is why, um, I found Alex Berenson's report very interesting because uh, what he found out is that Scott Gottlieb worked hard and, and Twitter complied, it looks like, to censor a tweet from a doctor about natural immunity. Guess what? On the same day that that doctor's tweet was censored, so were my tweets on natural immunity. Why is this important? What is, what is consequential about the date? This is three days after the military vaccine mandate came out and a week before the federal vaccine mandates came out. This truth was toxic to, to a narrative that Pfizer was spreading, that Joe Biden wanted out there so that he could force the vaccine on everybody, whether you had natural immunity or not. Now, I actually, you guys might not agree with me on this. I don't think the press gets special privileges on the First Amendment. I, think, I don't think Congress does. I think every American, by virtue of being an American, is, has the right to free speech enshrined in the Constitution. So I'm not so much worried that they, they uh, censored a, a congressman, but they disabled all the comments from my constituents. Those are the voices they squelched. And my beef is not with Twitter, but my beef is with the CDC and these federal agencies. And I encourage you all, if you can, to find more about this. And uh, do you have any, either of you have any comments on this? And what is the federal government doing with spy agencies in the Justice Department in league with the CDC secretly doing all this? Again, that's illegal beyond imagination. Now I'm gonna say something here really important for all the other talk show hosts and all the other members of Congress, everybody else that's tuned in right now, listen to me. I've been proven right ahead of everybody else because I actually do the deep research. This is all I do. My head's in the game. Listen to me. Do you know what the problem is with these hearings? Do you know what the problem is with all this? Think about it. We owe Elon Musk a great debt of gratitude regardless of who he really is. Because these are good actions, and Christ said, you judge a tree by its fruits. This has opened a window into this criminal activity, but Twitter is the junior tech company of the big five. It's the smallest of the Apples and the Googles and the Facebooks and all the rest of it, and their subsidiaries. Okay? 
They're doing all of this with the same groups the exact same way at all the other platforms. And so we're all talking about Twitter as if it's only happening over here. No, it's happening all over the place. And while we're all focused on Twitter, we need to be understanding that the evidence is everywhere else in the other groups. And we need to get Google and Facebook and their YouTube and Instagram subsidiaries exposed here. Now, separately, what is the system doing to distract from this? They're still trying to suppress it. They're still censoring on YouTube and everywhere else. J6, they're putting labels on and blocking. When you expose real J6 or when you expose the Twitter files, you go to YouTube, they're blocking that. Well, they're putting informational disinformation links and they're saying that isn't true when it is. So they're still doing it. They're still shadow banning. They're still outright banning. They're still demonetizing. They're still harassing. And this is a social credit score. And while all that's going on, Jill Biden and Anthony Blinken are presenting an International Women of Courage Award to a biological man on International Women's Day at the White House. And Hershey's making a man their woman spokesperson. So they're, they're total distraction, diversion, destabilization of civilization with a bunch of clown world stuff about, oh, look, we have a man that's a woman that's an admiral, you know, that's number two in the Department of Health. And it's all just to scramble our brains. Here's the ridiculous award. We'll go to break. We'll come right back with even bigger news. Stay with us. In Argentina, Alba Ruada is a transgender woman who was kicked out of classrooms, barred for sitting for exams, refused job opportunities, subjected to violence, and rejected by her family. But in the face of these challenges, she worked to end violence and discrimination against the LGBTQI plus community in Argentina. So they're taking everybody's rights and then holding up a man, saying a man's really a woman as everybody's rights. Just, it's absolute crap, ladies and gentlemen. We'll be right back. Stay with us. Waging war on corruption, crashing through the lies and disinformation. I'm your host, Alex Jones. All right, so I don't understand how I can see the whole thing crystal clear, how the whole thing operates, how it all works. I told you six, seven years ago how the whole operation is done, how it all intersects, how it's all connected from human intelligence, sources, research, uh, just understanding it. it. It's not that hard if you actually want to put the pieces together. But most people look at things one-dimensionally or maybe two-dimensionally, and they don't have a historical context. So, so, so let me explain this again. Twitter is only the tip of the iceberg. It's only the doorway we've blown open to confirm everything we already told you, exactly as we told you, I mean, on record. And we've been totally vindicated. You've been vindicated. We've all been vindicated. But now we've got to bring them to justice because the next leg of this should be congressional hearings showing clips seven years ago, six years ago, five years ago, three years ago, you know, a year ago, with the executives from Twitter and Facebook and Google and all of them up there saying, we don't spy on anybody and watch what people say. We don't censor anybody. It doesn't exist. It's not happening. Meanwhile, they're watching congressmen's accounts and banning them and shadow banning them. It's, I mean, Ron Paul, Rand Paul, Ron Paul too, Rand Paul, two years ago was like, natural immunity is better. All of a sudden he showed it in a Senate speech and YouTube banned it, took it down. And then Rand Paul got mad and went to Rumble. Great, go to Rumble, but also be on YouTube, be, be on every platform. You're a senator, fight against them. A senator could be wrong, but you get a chance to hear him on the Senate floor. Remember Rand Paul? 
five-minute Senate speech? He's a medical doctor with poster boards up there talking about natural immunity? How the media was saying, oh, the science shows natural immunity doesn't exist. Remember that? And then, well, maybe it does a little something, but the shot's much better. All of it was a lie. The shot starts erasing your natural immunity on record. By five of them, you don't have one. Your white blood cells are turned off. It's called VADES. That's a real thing. We coined the term. Now it's in the medical literature. That's what it is. So they lied to Congress. It's not just Fauci lying about gain of function. They lied about the censorship. They all did it coordination while Trump's in office with a defense authorization of over $2 billion. Imagine if Nixon had all the corporations and all the groups and the media and all and tens of thousands of spies and operatives all organized, illegally surveilling and censoring and spying, and he got caught doing that. What if he put in the Defense Authorization Act in 1972 to do all this stuff, but with low tech? They'd never let him put it in the defense bill, but it was in the defense bill. Almost no one was covering it. We were covering it. Zero Hedge was covering it. That's it. It's in the freaking legislation. And I can't believe Jim Jordan and them are this stupid that they didn't know this over the years. Now, they get a lot of big tech money, folks. The Republicans have been soft playing this. They've been backpedaling. Trump backpedaled, didn't do anything. Oh, he talked a lot about censorship, but didn't do anything until he got censored. Now he calls it treason. It is treason. But when I was getting nailed to the wall and sued by the deep state and run over, I told all of you, hey, they're coming for you next. Here's Jim Jordan yesterday in his opening statements. The, t- the truth is we want to focus on protecting the First Amendment. Mr. Schellenberger, are you a Republican? No, I'm not. Do you got, a, you got any you know, pro-Trump bumper stickers on your car? I voted for Biden. Voted for Biden. You, you don't have any MAGA hats laying around your house, right? I do not. Yeah, but you said earlier, both you and Mr. Taibbi said, this is the most chilling thing you've ever seen as journalists. Mr. Tybee, the same thing. You're not a Republican either, right? No, no. You didn't vote for Trump. I mean, like, this is about protecting the First Amendment. Mr. Tybee, I want to read from your uh, Twitter file number nine. You say this. After weeks of Twitter files, the Bureau issued a statement Wednesday referring to the FBI. Here's what the FBI said. It is unfortunate that conspiracy theorists and others are feeding the American public misinformation with the sole purpose of attempting to discredit the agency. You then follow up. This is why I think you're an award-winning author. You then follow up. They must think we're unambitious if our sole aim is to discredit the FBI. After all, a whole range of government agencies discredit themselves in the Twitter files. And then you go on to, in this particular Twitter file, to talk about what Mr. Bishop was just talking about, the GEC at the State Department. You talk about the CIA. You talk about the DOD. You talk about the FBI. You talk about the DHS. You talk about the Foreign Intelligence Task Force, which is a combination of all these. But there was one agency you didn't mention. Because you didn't know at the time. One agency, one, you got almost the whole alphabet, but you didn't mention one agency, the FTC. The FTC, you, you know about them now. <laughs> yes, we you know about them now in an up close and personal way. You didn't know then, but you do know, uh, know now. December 2nd, as I said earlier, December 2nd, the first Twitter file comes out, Mr. Taibbi. And I think there are five others, including the ones from Mr. Schellenberger. December 13th, the very first letter that the FTA, uh, FTC sends to Twitter after the Twitter files, 11 days after the first Twitter file, there have been five of them come out. The FTC's first demand in that first letter after the Twitter files come out is 
Identify all journalists, I'm, I'm quoting, identify all journalists and other members of the media to whom Twitter worked with. You find that scary, Mr. Taibbi, that you got a federal government agency asking a private company, who in the press are you talking with? Yeah, I, I do find it scary. I, I, I think it's none of the government's business what uh, which journalists a private company talks to and why. Um, I think every journalist should be concerned about that and the absence of interest in that issue by um, uh, my fellow colleagues in the mainstream media is an indication of how low the business has sunk. Uh, there was once a real esprit de corps and camaraderie uh, within media. Whenever one of us was uh, gone after, we all kind of rose to the challenge and supported. Used to be. Yeah. Used to be the case. Um, that is gone now. Uh, we, we don't protect one another. You know what another. else used to happen? Democrats used to care about protecting First Amendment free speech rights, too. Now it's like, okay, if you're attacking... And I said this on the House floor. I said, don't think they won't come for you. Oh, the, the, the big tech, big media, the cancel culture, they may come for Republicans and conservatives now, but they never. the mob is never satisfied. They will keep coming. Mr. Schellenberger, you know who the chair of the FTC is? Uh, not... Personally, Lena Khan, Lena Khan, you know who she used to work for? My understanding is the Judiciary Committee. Yeah, she's worked for these folks. The same folks have been attacking you today. Same folks. Chair of the FTC, work for them. Here's what they said. Here's what she said in in a letter where they ask about who these journalists, again, they named four personally, four journalists by name. You were two of the four. As I said before, I think it's, it's frankly courageous and brave of you to show up today when you know the federal government's got an eye on you personally. Here's what they asked for in that letter. Any credentialing or background check Twitter has done on journalists. Now think about that. The federal government is saying we want you to do a background check on members of the press. Freedom of the press mentioned in the First Amendment. And they're doing ba- They want Twitter to do a background check on you before they can talk to you in America? The FTC, led by Lena Khan, who used to work for these guys, is asking that question. Now, 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 now we know. Now we all know why you guys said at the outset this is the most chilling story. And you guys are New York Times bestsellers, award-winning uh, journalists. But in all your your time in the in the journalism field, this issue most important, and how this. I think, what'd you call it, Mr. Schellenberg? This is complex. What'd you call it? The censorship industrial complex. Totally. This web of censorship, big government, big tech, NGOs, all this web of censorship that Mr. Bishop was getting into in his line of questioning. That's what this committee's going to get to. And that's not right or left. That's not, this is just right or wrong. This is wrong. We know it's wrong. And it's about protecting the First Amendment. Now, again, what's the big takeaway? We're now learning what we already told you exactly how it all works this has already been public for many years it's just getting worse by the day and bigger and more out of control and more weaponized and this is not about the first amendment the first amendment is one piece of it it's government with intelligence agencies big tech and dinosaur media in illegal consortiums surveilling everyone with ai and live time and then censoring everybody in live time, and then going out and harassing people, and in many cases sending Antifa to their house. I can play you the congressional hearings four years ago where they would get up in the hearings and say, why is InfoWars number one on Twitter today? And they said, sir, we saw it at lunch, and we took it down. So they really have been schizophrenic about this. They'll admit they're doing it. 
Doesn't say they're not doing it, but it's racketeering. It's it's organized crime, this giant web, this giant consortium coming after everybody. This is dictatorship, digital dictatorship on everything. The end of free elections, the end of everything, if this doesn't get stopped. We need more than hearings, but the FBI won't indict anybody because they're at the center of it. This is a coup, folks, a digital technocracy coup. And InfoWars is the probe that's gone in through and beyond. But we're only here because of you. Please pray for us and please keep us on air. Go to InfoWarsStore.com right now and underwrite us continuing in the fight. I can't do it without you. We've got products you need. Take action now. InfoWarsStore.com. Alex Jones, thank you for representing and being bold. And everybody needs the support on InfoWarsStore.com. You heard it from Michelle, everybody. Go to InfoWarsStore.com and buy something. Alex, thank you for being so bold and talking about topics that are so secret. And I can't wait to interview you. Inside Bohemian Grove, baby. Woo! Everyone at Fight Club loves Alex Jones. InfoWarsStore.com. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the U.S. Capitol Building. If you've joined us today for the insurrection, please make sure you pick up a promotional leaflet on the way in. Stay inside the safety cordons at all times. Tucker Carlson opened a wormhole in the Congressional Country Club space-time January 6th continuum, presenting unseen video footage revealing that the complete story had not only not been told, but it had also been doctored by the January 6th committee to satiate the Trump derangement syndrome mental illness rampant in Washington, D.C. Footage from inside the Capitol overturns the story you've heard about January 6th. Protesters queue up in neat little lines. They give each other tours outside the Speaker's office. They're not destroying the Capitol. They obviously revere the Capitol. The controllers and their media minions went on the offensive, doubling down on the big lie, using the old tired strategy that had secured their positions, lies baked into an unyielding barrage of mind control repetition. The power of repetition uh, is such that, you know, people like Tucker Carlson, who know they're lying to the public, can convince tens of millions of people of those lies. Tucker Carlson took a page from George Orwell's 1984 <laughs> and told his viewers to reject the evidence of their eyes and ears. Is this a lie? I think it's bull****. Fox executive Hannity Carlson shows are not credible sources of news. A hundred officers were assaulted on that day. Five officers died. Who are these five officers who are, quote, killed that day. Notice he didn't tell you. No one ever tells you. No one ever shows you their autopsies. They don't want any detail. They just want the slogan. Now, they're counting Brian Sicknick. That's a lie. But who are the other four? Well, those are four officers who killed themselves. These are the facts they can't dispute. Here is surveillance footage of Sicknick walking in the Capitol after he was supposedly murdered by the mob outside. By all appearances, Sicknick is healthy and vigorous. He's wearing a helmet, so it's hard to imagine he was killed by a head injury. We do know from contemporaneous videotape that a mysterious figure called Ray Epps encouraged the crowd to go into the Capitol. For some reason, Epps has never been indicted for that. But there's no question he did it. We need to go into the Capitol! 
in a free country guided by the Constitution were these people allowed to withhold evidence from Jacob Chansley's lawyer. How could that happen? Had you seen that clearly exculpatory tape of your client at trial? No. Where is your backup? This is our damn Capitol building, and you all are letting it get destroyed on your watch! Anybody who watched that video uh, in a, with their own eyes in a real way, would disagree with what was just stated. The president has been very clear. January 6th was the worst attack on our democracy since the Civil War. The worst attack on our democracy since the Civil War. The weather underground setting off a bomb in the Capitol in 1971 and the armed resistance unit doing the same in the Senate in 1983 were the last major attacks on the U.S. Capitol. But there can be no mention of those attacks because it would surely open old wounds surrounding Obama's relationship with Bill Ayers and Bernadine Dorn and Bill Clinton's pardoning of 16 members of the FALN who blew up innocent Americans at France's Tavern, where George Washington said farewell to his officers in 1783. Question number one, why did President Obama release the bomber? His name was Oscar Lopez. Why did he do it? Because he agreed with them. Um, Lopez was the leader of the FALN who bombed France's Tavern. They took responsibility for it. Um, he's a Chicago guy. His brother, Jose, is a community organizer in Chicago. And... He had sympathy, in my view, um, Obama had sympathy for these terrorists. There were going to be bombshells throughout the week, but it appears Tucker was finally roped in by Rupert Murdoch's lawyers. However, House Speaker Kevin McCarthy has now vowed to release the January 6th security footage to the general public. It belongs to the public, after all. John Bound reporting. All right, the lowest dimension I operate in is the third dimension. Our projections go all the way into the sixth dimension with incredible humet that God has given us known as the Holy Spirit. And to me, understanding all this is incredibly simple, and it's just like reading an owner's manual or something. And I, but for the general public that's not shifted their mind into Hegelian dialectics, that's only third-dimensional thinking. Once you understand third-dimensional thinking, you can expand to the higher levels and then permutate out on the larger analysis. That's called wargaming. So I wanted to get a really smart lawyer who's been at the tip of the spear getting the biggest whistleblowers like uh, Dr. Huff and others who worked for the, who was the vice president of EcoHealth Alliance that basically ran so much of the attack we've seen. He's been really at the center of, of collating the information, bringing it together. And he also operates at a chess level, not a checkers level, of how it's all tied together. Biden rolling out the national ID with a cashless society system for social credit score. Utah just announced it and has rolled it out yesterday. Uh, how it ties into war in Russia. How the new COVID origin bill is saying China did it. So we'll go to war with China. And I hate communist China. But you just heard Redfield, former head of the CDC, say no. The Pentagon was running the operation. Gain of function at Chapel Hill. Then they moved it to Wuhan. He's not perjuring himself. He's telling the truth. 
So when Obama got caught doing this in 2015, it was a big scandal in the news with major professors coming forward and saying we shouldn't be weaponizing coronaviruses. They moved it to China so they could have plausible deniability and later say, oh, it was from a bat at a wet supermarket where they sell live animals. That's if China played ball. But if China didn't play ball, oh, you did it. It's in your country. And, and it's not a consensus. It's a fact that Fauci and the deep state already had their so-called mRNA vaccines for COVID-19 with the sequence ready. Moderna didn't crack the code in two days and come up with a vaccine. Oh, we just cracked it. And the vaccine's ready in two days. They already had it. That's in the emails. It's all come out. So it is incredible. Now, we're watching Congress do catch up on all this. And for me, the First Amendment's paramount in general for the public. But where we can nail them, they're focusing on free speech, is not the free speech issue. It's that when you have government and agencies with big tech and dinosaur media lying and operating in secret and lying to Congress about it the last five, six years, censoring everybody in live time and controlling not just COVID narratives, but open border narratives, Afghan withdrawal narratives, uh, election fraud narratives. I mean, it, it, they're now censoring January 6th stuff. They're now censoring on YouTube and other places uh, and, and, and blocking these hearings you're watching. Again, a year and a half ago, two years ago, they blocked Senator Paul showing slides and, and printouts on, on poster board about natural immunity. And then now come on the documents, they censor things that are true because that's so effective and against their narrative. It's all ends justifies the means. So Thomas Renz is at Renz Tom on Twitter, R-E-N-Z Tom, and tomrenz.substack.com and renz-law.com. So there was for the rest of the hour, but I want to set the table on the big picture here. Uh, here is the first clip. We, we, we probably played 30 minutes of Redfield yesterday, but here's just that one clip, and he elaborated later about, no, no, this is gain of function. This is the biggest disaster ever with gain of function. Here it is. So one, one other path of questioning for you, Dr. Ritfield. Proponents of this research claim it may result in vaccines or maybe even stop a pandemic. Dr. Redfield, has gain of function created any life-saving vaccines or therapeutics to your knowledge? Not to my knowledge. Has gain of function stopped a pandemic, to, in your opinion? No, on the contrary, I think it probably caused the greatest pandemic our world has seen. Do you find any tangible benefits uh, to gain-of-function research at this time? I personally don't, but I do want to stress, I think the men and women that support it are people of good faith because they truly believe it's going to lead to a potential benefit. I disagree with that assessment. And he went on and on to describe it all, and now the Pentagon's actually behind it. That is people running it. So Attorney Thomas Renz at the heart of the whistleblowers and everything we know coming out now. Do you agree with me that the First Amendment issue, they're almost using as a red herring? Yeah, they trampled it. Yeah, they, they did it. But it's the organized crime of all these groups together secretly doing this. When you organize to deprive massive groups of their rights, it's not just civil rights violations. It's serious crimes, especially when it's for big companies to make hundreds of billions of dollars. How would you quantify that? I'd quantify it as a RICO Act, Alex. Uh, the, you know, so there, I'm going to tell you, I've looked at this for quite some time, and I'm of the belief that the largest RICO suit in history could, would, and should be filed. Now, I'm going to tell you that the reason I haven't filed it is just simply that the complexity of it, I don't have the resources. I mean, you're talking about a five to $10 million case, and uh, that's that's not because- No, I'd this be is the biggest organized crime ever. You've got literally hundreds of companies and groups with government doing it, exactly. 
Yeah, I mean, here's the thing. You're going to you file this case, you're going to be filing against the World Economic Forum, all sorts of federal officials, and you can get to federal officials under RICO in certain instances. You can also get to these uh, these corrupt universities, uh, to the Gates Foundation, all these different players that we know are a part of this. You could get to all of these guys under the proper RICO suit. I'm quite convinced of that based on the evidence that we have in my pocket. The problem is, is that the complexity is so mind-blowing, it would take a team of probably I would say 25 to 50 attorneys, another another 25 or so paralegals. I mean, you'd be looking at full time for probably six months to a year minimum to put and this together. And what you together, said is probably. the key. There's an old saying, you commit a crime, commit a huge one. Because it's such a massive consortium of corporate and governmental systems, that's why they thought they'd get away with it, because it's so huge, and they got so many powerful people on board, they believe that political power will protect them. Well, Alex, you know this better than anybody on the planet, right? When the machine gears up against you in the courts, they've got infinite money. They don't care what it costs, right? Uh, you know, I I don't want to make it a money thing about me because that's not what I'm in this for. But let, let's put use this as an example. Since I have started doing this work three years ago, and I, you know I dedicate every waking minute, I have billed less than a million dollars for my time. now. If you think about that and you compare it to the amount of hours that I've worked, you're looking at I've given away probably five, six million dollars worth of worth uh, worth of work. You, you can't there aren't many lawyers that will do that. There just aren't. So, you know, the reality is, is it, on these freebie cases that I do and I do a lot of them and I do as many as I can. Uh, you know, people say, where are the lawyers? Well, our side doesn't fund it. But when you have Google. When you have the Gates Foundation, when you have George Soros, what they do is they say, listen, I'll spend $100 million on lawyers because I'm going to steal a trillion dollars worth of money from the public and who cares, right? So when you look at it, this is really, it was actually part of the plan was to make this financially untenable for lawyers to fight. Uh, so that they could get away with this, because there are ways that we can do things. It's just no single lawyer, no, not even a small group of lawyers, really has the capacity. Well, that's to do right. This they properly. admit in their war games they were planning for lawyers to sue them. That's in the Spars 2025-2028 uh, yep. document, and that's why they got indemnified by governments. I mean, this was a premeditated plan. The good news is they intended to go a lot longer and a lot better. They're actually scared right now, in my view. Yes, they are. Well, here's what happened, right? So strategically, when I did, when I started fighting this back in 2020, what I did is I looked at this, Alex, I saw how big the fight was. And I'm going to be honest, I, I underestimated it. I didn't realize how global and how big, so, but I knew it was way bigger than me. So what I did was I started coalition building and, and hitting cases that were going to really cause a lot of damage, uh, always in good faith, but some of them were tough, tough cases that you just didn't know if you could win. Um, but they were always filed in good faith. So what happens is, is that's that's created a lot of resistance. And just I think honestly, what you did, Alex, because you've been talking about the truth on this from the beginning, just like I have. But guys like you and I, who are willing to take take a lot of arrows for being called conspiracy theorists and everything else, gave people courage to look into this. And we also highlighted the information. I don't think they expected that. I don't think they expected the kind of fight back that they've got. No, they and didn't, they didn't expect suicidal commitment. No, no. And that's pretty much the insane. We're borderline insane on this, right? I mean, you, you know, you fight till the bitter end come hell nor high water because it's freedom or bust.
Well, and, yeah, they're, uh, they're hitting our children with a bioweapon. We'll be right back with Mr. Renz and get into all these big developments and how it all ties together, the global currency, the war, the control grid, all these hearings, everything. We're living in an incredible time, but humanity is fighting back. Stay with us. Everybody knows that when things are negative and bad, I will be the first to tell you. But it's the opposite. Their entire system is being exposed right now. The problem is they're trying to accelerate World War III as the way to get out of it. But I wanted to ask one of the leading attorneys fighting the globalists on this front, Thomas Renz, where he thinks this is all going next and his warnings tying this into all the other big issues. Uh, but at the same time, the positiveness of the former head of the CDC turning state's evidence it should be the number one story in the country. It's got a lot of attention, but not one-tenth of what it needs. Here is uh, Redfield talking about Fauci. Dr. Fauci, knowing that it is a crime to lie to Congress, do you wish to retract your statement of May 11th where you claimed that the NIH never funded gain-of-function research in Wuhan? You are implying that what we did was responsible for the deaths of individual I totally resent that. that. And if anybody is lying been. here, Senator, it is you. Do you think that Dr. Fauci intentionally lied under oath to Senator Paul when he vehemently denied NIH's funding of gain-of-function research? I think there's no doubt that NIH was funding gain-of-function research. Is it likely that American tax dollars funded the gain-of-function research that created this virus? I think it did, not only from NIH, but from the State Department, USAID, and from DOD. So, in your expert opinion, was the Wuhan Institute conducting gain-of-function research on coronaviruses? Thank you. Dr. Redfield. Did you agree, in your opinion, with Dr. Anderson's assessment at the time that this virus did look engineered? It was very disconcerting to me. It looked like this virus was engineered. In one sentence, can you provide a definition of gain-of-function research? I think it's to take a pathogen and try to increase one of two things or both, to increase its transmissibility or its pathogenicity. Has gain-of-function stopped a pandemic, to, in your opinion? No, on the contrary, I think it probably caused the greatest pandemic our world has seen. And now they're getting ready to blackmail China with it and start a war. That's what Thomas Renz is here about today. Thomas? Yes, sir. So, I mean, listen, Alex, think about what we just heard. We heard the guy that was running the CDC at the time that this was happened. By the way, I'd love to know why he hasn't spoken out till now. But I'll take it, right? Someone's finally telling the truth. And boy, did you hit the nail on the head when you said these guys are finally, they're losing. They're in trouble. They're in big trouble. Uh, yeah, I'll, by the way, I'll tell you why he's coming out now. When we filed the case with Huff up in New York, they know that that case against EcoHealth Alliance, all this stuff's coming out. So what you got now is a lot of rats scurrying for the hills. Because for those that don't know, tell them who Huff there. is briefly. Okay, so Dr. Andrew Huff, is a, is a, he's a veteran. He worked for NI, uh, he worked for Sandia Labs. He had Q clearance. Uh, he worked for EcoHealth Alliance, one of the most qualified people on the planet. Uh, he he was there. He worked for EcoHealth Alliance in an executive capacity when they created this in the Wuhan lab. He is testifying. Well, yeah, he was the vice president. He was the vice president. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a client of mine, and has uh, testified under penalty of perjury. That, that they created this in the lab while he was working there. So we have a firsthand witness. Uh, we have 
tons of tech cooperating testimony. I mean, we put this out before the election. We actually uh, I was about to say, you were on them. two years ago, and you said, I have the biggest whistleblower inside, and you weren't, you weren't lying. And you brought forward so many others, but continue. Yeah. So now... The, this all come down, so they have to admit the truth. And so now, what you're seeing is a lot of uh, game, you know, gamesmanship. Who do we shift the blame on? How do we do this? Well, the Department of the Defense and Intel agencies are the two most important players in this. They were involved with COVID. They were involved with the vaccines. They create. They not only funded the creation, but you got to understand. When you get a COVID vaccine, you're not getting it from Pfizer. You're getting it from our Defense Department. They sign contracts with Pfizer and Moderna that say that we will distribute these and we will only distribute them where you have PrEP Act immunity. Our Department of Defense did this, and that's because they had a hand in creating the jabs as well as the, the virus. We know all this. We have all this. Then fast forward to just the last couple of days. So Senator Josh Hawley, who I appreciate him, and I don't think he's aware of this. Because when a, when a congressman or a senator asks for a bill, they send it off to legislative services. Legislative services writes it. And then you get whatever back you get. And what we found is we found a substantial amount of evidence that legislative services and a lot of these congressmen have in their offices people who sold out. We have evidence of this, right? So we look at this bill, and I've got it right here. I'm looking off to the side so I can share this with you. Uh, this bill specifically says, declassify any and all information related to potential links between Wuhan Institute of Virology and the origin of coronavirus. Uh, it goes on, and it, it lays out in several different places that they want to get to the origins, but they really only care about uh, Wuhan. Well, have you, in the history of, of Congress... Yeah, you don't, start, uh, you don't start an investigation that's a law and say, we only look here. Yeah, that's exactly what they're doing. Well, and think about our current Congress, Alex. They passed with unanimous consent. Unanimous. That doesn't happen right now. I mean, this is pushed by the DOD is why this is happening. The DOD is going to use this. Right now, what we've got is China's rattling their sabers about Taiwan and Ukraine. And we don't want them in Taiwan, and we definitely don't want them back in Russia and Ukraine. So what we're doing now is we're saying, hey, look at this little legislation we got that's going to show the whole world how you guys created this in the lab. So they're going to frame China. Let me just back you up what you said three minutes ago. Pull up Reuters from uh, two years ago. The UN said, don't give it to the migrants we're bringing in because we don't have liability protection to them. Only give it to your citizens because we're going to kill them. Think uh, this is all pre-planned. This is all war-gamed. Yeah, absolutely. And that's right, because under the Foreign Tort Claims Act, there may actually be, uh, you know, some different mechanisms by which they could get to this. We identified that as a potential workaround. See, so they weren't forcing some of these illegal immigrants to get it. They were, they were really, it was really an unbelievable thing. Meanwhile, if you remember, Alex, at the same time, we got videos where they would go in into homes where there were people with special needs and drag them out screaming as they were forcing these jabs on them. That California. Probably killed many of them. Yeah. Yeah. So, so this was entirely planned. And to think that this bill, like I said, I don't want to say that uh, Senator Holly did this for anything but good reasons. But remember, our DOD has its fingers into everything, everything. We all thought, and by the way, Fauci in his position was tied in with the DOD. Their, their part of their job was looking at biodefense. So the DOD had their thumb on Fauci the whole time with this. Fauci's a crook for sure. 
and belongs under Gitmo. But the problem is, is that this was really out of our intelligence agencies and DOD, which they knew they had to do it that way because the DOD and the intel agencies have immunity to FOIAs. They've got immunity to lawsuits. All they do is say it's national security. You can't bother us. And that's it. So the reason that all of this happened was because there's no accountability to our Department of Defense. And Obama knew that. So when and Obama, so they're injecting they, our troops with an experimental poison shot while the illegal aliens don't have to take it. When we come back, I want to ask you then, we know it goes all the way to the top and above that's the big foundations that created the policy. What was their end game? How is their operation going? How do we stop them? And how does it tie into Russia and the rest of it? And yes, I hate the communist Chinese, but they're being framed right now, folks, for World War III. This is so dangerous. This is all documented. We'll be right back with Attorney Thomas Renz and more straight ahead. Tell everybody you know, tune in now. And once this show's archived to band.video, share it like your lives depend on it because it does. And for all you've been serving the system, it's never too late to turn back and come back to reality. We've got an open hand to you. All right. Thomas Renz, our guest here on the Alex Jones Show. Super smart guy. So when I've been jumping in with him, we didn't talk before he came on. I want to just back up everything he's saying so you know it's real. But... I want him to start over, big picture, where we are, where this is going, tying it into World War III, how we stop it. I'm going to try to shut up now for the next 25 minutes until this hour ends. You've got the floor. Well, you know, where we are, Alex, is we're in a position where we fought back so hard that we actually have an opportunity to win this. Now, you got to understand, when you come into this, you look at a whole bunch of enemies of America. And I started to say before the break, before Obama left the White House, the insurance policy, you, you know, we've talked a lot on, I know you've talked a lot about, and we've talked a lot elsewhere about the fact that, uh, you know, Obama had his insurance policy against the Trump administration. Everybody looked at that as being the FBI or the Russia collusion. It was much bigger than that, much bigger. These guys didn't leave much to waste. What they did is they fired the entirety of our brass in the Pentagon and in the intelligence agencies. Whether it was FBI, DIA, CIA, Pentagon, all the brass. Now, our soldiers are still the same heroes they've always been. But the brass got terminated, and Obama replaced them with a bunch of crooks and, and losers. So that was the insurance policy. That was the insurance policy against Trump. And those are the people who've been putting in these awful, awful situations in the last few years. So if you look, the DOD was responsible and tied in with COVID. They funded the development. And listen. I said this before, I'll say it again. Are you going to tell me that we have coronavirus, which is designated under federal regulation as, as an abnormally dangerous material, right? If you're working on a coronavirus, it's, it's by regulation dangerous. You're going to tell me that we took the ge genetic technology that we needed to do work on this inherently dangerous material, transferred it to Wuhan, China, a known Chinese CCP bioweapons development center, to do work on this without our military's knowledge? That's nonsense. Of course they knew this. Of course they knew this. So you fast forward. What happens in 2020? So in 2020, we've got COVID hits. COVID allows a lot of things to happen. It wasn't just one thing. Now, we get really focused. We look at the election steal. Yes, the election steal couldn't happen without COVID. The mail-in ballots, all this shifting, they couldn't do it. They couldn't steal enough votes without the, the COVID cover to truly look credible in this. I don't think they looked all that credible anyways, but that's beside the The other thing that was happening, though, is the censorship, right? 
COVID gave them an excuse to say, we have to censor because vaccine misinfo could create vaccine hesitancy, and that's a disaster. Well, that what that has translated into, since we saw from the Twitter files yesterday, is that what's occurred is they're actually, they're even censoring the truth. They, they The Twitter files showed openly, these guys were legitimately censoring the truth. They didn't want true side effects and true things have because they said, well, it could create vaccine hesitancy. Well, don't you want that? I would think you'd want that, but you don't. So you meanwhile, while all this is happening, one of the other major things that happens with COVID is the, all the small and mid-sized business that makes America function was dying. They were absolutely dying. So we lost big business, the globalists who are largely behind this, made all sorts of money. If you look at the 2021 World Economic Forum, uh, they they actually said COVID is the most profitable event in human history. Well, it wasn't for me. It may have been for them, but that's because when when your local hardware store goes out of business, you buy from Amazon. So you've got the this economic situation shift where it's one of the greatest wealth transfers up to the billionaires in history. So as that's happening, you're also seeing a situation where the stability of the U.S. dollar and everything else is under attack, both because Biden's not allowing us to mine our own natural resources, uh, but also because uh, without small to mid-sized business, that's that's the core to the American economy. It's always been. So as that's failing, we become very reliant on just a few big businesses. Well, it's easy to manipulate big business, especially if you're BlackRock or Vanguard, who just happen to be partners in the World Economic Forum and everyone else. So, you know, you can you can make an economic crisis as you wish, and then you can just prop up the same people you tore right back down. It's all smoke and mirrors that you're able to do when you control the money. Well, that leads to CBDCs, right? Meanwhile, you also have uh, the most important experiment to the globalists in the world going on, Ukraine, right? Ukraine is where they're testing a lot of this stuff uh, for the New World Order. Now, you can say that all this stuff is gobbledygook, but I can actually bring you documents on everything that I've said so far. I can show you paperwork or video clips of the World Economic Forum participants talking about this. So now you got CBDCs. And you've got to push for vaccines and a push for this and a push for that. Uh, you've got a, you've got the, the ground laid for what could be a world war. Now, one of the things, and this is there's some speculation here. I don't have paper on this. I'm of the belief that there's a power struggle between the World Economic Forum and the CCP. They both hate America. And because America has been weakened by bad policies, COVID, globalist conspiracies, all these different things, now I think you have a situation where these guys, they want to kill America, they want to kill freedom, but they also want to balance that with how do I preserve me, right? World Economic Forum wants to run the show. CCP wants to run the show. Russia doesn't really want either of them to run the show. Russia doesn't have a great path forward where they run the show, but they'd prefer that. And then let's not forget some of the Islamic terrorist countries that really are out there as well that don't like America. All of these things are combining together to create a situation where America's under attack from every direction. We're holding our, gr our ground on a bunch of these. But we have this huge disaster. Now the, the real key is if the American people 
are willing to stand together and stand for freedom through all the tumult that's going to be coming in the next five years. And it's going to be ugly, folks. And if you think this is going to be over quickly, I got news for you. But if we're willing to stand together and stand strong as we have so far, if we're willing to support our warriors like Alex, like InfoWars, if we're willing to come together and to demand freedom and keep pushing what we're pushing, I think we can win this. We have also been developing on our side. I mean, you know this, Alex. Guys like me, who would ever thought that you'd know a guy like me? But a lot of us have came out of the woodwork. So the warriors are now standing up and we're starting to coordinate. We're actually starting to get God's army together to fight for freedom. So, and that's the key to interrupt. We now, the new world order is out in the open. We know it's predatory. You have the globalist and the chai comms all feeding and sucking off America, but they're kind of fighting over who's going to be in charge of that right now. And, and, and please continue. You're, well, you're dead on. And, be, but because, because, you know, what happened was is all of us started fighting our own issues early on. We started fighting, you know, we had heroes fighting on election issues, heroes fighting on censorship, heroes fighting on COVID, heroes fighting on all these different things, right? Well, we found each other. And even though we still bicker with each other and butt heads a lot, we're still all on the same side and we found each other. And we've got, we'll continue to develop and coordinate together. And, and that's, that's really the key. So there's hope. And I'm going to give you something. I'd like to give the InfoWars audience some very specific hope, right? So I'm working, uh, and we've been working, and General Flynn will often say local action, national impact. And there's an example here. So I'm working in Missouri. Missouri is a very red state. We have a bill in Missouri, House Bill 1169. It does three things, Alex, three things. It makes it so that you have to have informed consent, and informed consent has to include adverse events of special interest. So they can't just say, uh, we're only going to include certain things in the informed consent. It means anything benefit or negative or risk, you have to be of informed consent. So it requires informed consent. It requires that any gene-altering technology be labeled gene-altering technology, whether it's in a vaccine or something else or not. And it requires that if that technology, if anything that you get could alter your genetics, that they share whether it's transmissible. So three disclosures, all three things that they say they don't, they, they're either doing or don't care about anyways, because it never matter. That bill was introduced and they were told to kill the bill by Pfizer's lobbyists. Hold on, stay there. Let's come back. We're talking about direct action to counter these lies. We'll be right back with Tom Renz. We got to wear these evil people out. We got to decide that we're never going to get tired. We're just going to fight and fight and fight. And you'll find a strength you've never had when you do that. You'll find out who you really are. Thomas Wren's our guest. He was getting into some really key points in the break. Cut him off. Uh, great lawyer at the very tip of the spear in this fight. As the House of Cards comes down, please continue. Yeah, so I was talking about House Bill 1169 in Missouri. So all it does is disclosure, right? You get to find out about your side effects. You get to find out if something's going to affect your genes. That's it. So we wrote that bill specifically so that there was no reason to oppose it. Because do you really think in red Missouri that your constituents don't want to know if their genes are going to be played with? Of course they want to know that. Now, that was opposed by Dean Plocker initially. And now they're trying to slow walk it through the Republican House and the Republican Senate because they don't want it passed. We had outright, we were outright told by the Pfizer lobbyists and the other lobbyists that they are going to kill this bill. So they're walking, slow walking it through. Plocker's lying to, to other House reps. 
about what the bill is. And nobody will bother to read the two-page bill. It's two pages, no riders, no anything. House Bill 1169, Missouri. So this is where I go to, to local action. Now, if people hear about this in Missouri and people call their house reps and their state reps in Missouri, they're gonna, this, that's, that, this bill can pass. We can actually do it. And if it passes, we get honest information about side effects and transmissibility globally, because what's true in Missouri is true everywhere. But, 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 we got word that they've now called in the international lobbyists, the international big boys to try and fight this because it's hard to do. So we call- And because call they know the once Missouri goes that way, like dominoes, and it's Missouri that's uh, subpoenaing Fauci and all yes. the rest of it. Yes, absolutely. So a little bit of truth goes a long way, but what- how do you oppose this politically? What, we're against you knowing if your genes are going to be modified? Of course they can't oppose that. So what they're doing is they're trying to slow walk it through committees and slow walk it through this and slow walk it through that so that they can't, uh, they don't have to deal with the political accountability. But what we're doing is, so for example, there was a, a guy, uh, a house rep that was talking about this bill and he was just wrong about it. He was telling his local Republican party about it and he was wrong. Now, I've been told he's a good guy. I don't know. If he's a good guy, then he's probably lied to by the House leadership who that sells out. But because we called him out, that's going to change the nature. So you can do this locally, right? This is the reason I'm telling this story. It's very Missouri specific, but it'll change the world if we pass the bill. This is something you can do locally. You can locally tell your Republican Party, this is what this bill says. It's two pages. Don't listen to this liar. Because the Republican Party is no different than the Democrat Party at the top. Most of them are uniparty. This is why I don't. This is why I get so censored, Alex. You know about the censorship better than me. But you know, because you don't sell out to the Republicans or the Democrats. You know the uniparty exists, and you call them out. Both sides dislike you. Well, I'm doing the same thing here. This is the uniparty. Now, there's some good Republican people in Missouri, and the people of Missouri are great. We pass this. By the way, everybody should get your bill and get it introduced in their legislature. It should be in every state. And ask your legislature, ask your Republicans especially, or, or Democrats, how is it that you oppose me knowing if I'm getting something that's going to screw with my genes? They say, well, they'll say, well, it doesn't. Well, then you should have no problem passing the bill, right? There's zero reason to oppose this bill. By the way, though, they now so, officially admit it does change your genes. Yeah, yes, they do. Yes, they do. We know that it does. It alters your DNA permanently. Uh, we've got a ton of stuff on that. But, you know, this is the kind of thing, because one of the things that you talked about hope, Alex, you talked about hope and you talked about us winning. And I want to give that to, our, to our, the listeners right now, because at the end of the day, we can do something. You don't have to be an attorney. You don't have to be a huge broadcaster like Alex Jones. But if you don't do anything, if you just sit around telling yourself, I'm helpless, you're right, then you're helpless. If you do something, if you go to your local Republican Party, if you go to your local events, if you call your house rep, a house rep is not a big position. You can call a state house rep and say, hey, What's going on? How much trouble? Do you know that 20 to 30 calls on a single issue for a state house rep has, do you know, it's a huge impact. That never happens. We've had, we've talked some of these guys down. And if we can pass this in one state, we only need one state. 
and it changes everything. I've got causes of action. I can sue over this. I can no, sue over I understand. Over so you the, put teeth in it. So that's a 100-foot view. What about the 35,000-foot view? How do we stop them framing China for the virus so that Bill Gates and Klaus Schwab and the whole New World Order gets away with it and can do it again? How do we expose that legislation in Congress? Yeah, and so that's the other thing, and that's the part that everybody wants to, you know, everybody thinks that they've got to do that, and they can't, you know, you're right. If you live in, in Fremont, Ohio, and you're nobody like me, you probably can't stop that by yourself. But, 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 you know, I can come and I can talk to you, Alex, and you've got a huge audience, and I can get the word out. And the thing is, is collectively, what I think we're seeing on platforms like Twitter, which only shadow bans less than they used to, uh, and some of these other platforms, with the information getting out through social, Gitter, all these different platforms, there's enough information getting out that I think that it's pretty well known that the support for a world war is pretty low. Uh, you know, everybody wants to say, I'm for Ukraine, until you say, well, you want your kid to go die over there? Uh, and the answer to that is pretty much universally no. So I think that the key here is to continue the political pressure. I think that what we see is a confluence of things happening that are creating enough political pressure where we can have some national impact. Uh, you know, I mean, I'm looking at some lawsuits uh, to do this. We're working on the next series of really big lawsuits, and I'm hoping that they're going to break through some of the censorship and allow people to get, you know, a greater picture of what's going on. Um, that's going to be a big thing. I think that really just continuing to support your your Matt Gates of this world who are out there, you know, they're willing to take some bullets to stand on on principle. Uh, we got to get, you know, Trump. I'm hopeful Trump's going to finally see the light on the vaccines. I actually, I'm praying to God uh, that the truth is is getting to him, and uh, because if he comes out on that, then there's no more reason for any conservative not to coalesce behind him. And to, you know, let him do what he does, which is to lead the, lead that MAGA movement and fighting for America first. I totally but agree. And the average the person, back. they think, oh, it's just a poison shot. It's one issue. No, it's the world ID. It's control of our bodies. It's, yep. it's, it's, it's the vaccine passport. It's the whole thing. We've got to be very thankful to all the work everybody's done, that these hearings are devastating. The, the learning curve in Congress is just, it's going parabolic. Uh, and so I'm, I'm really concerned about, the deep state releasing a new virus, a Marburg, a monkeypox. Uh, they've been pre-programming the We're media for that. That's my concern. We're here in 2025, Alex. Um, so th this is projection, right? So you can't prove something's going to happen. The timeline I got uh, that I think is most likely to be accurate, and I want to stress to everybody, I'm, uh, you know, I can never prove the future. The timeline that I got that's most accurate is that 2025 is the goal date for the next pandemic. The reason for that is, is the WHO treaty finalizes in May of 2024, and uh, they got to have the right president in place. So the next big step is stealing the next election. And the, actually, more important than that, what we're getting from, from our sources is that the biggest thing coming now is they're going to quintuple down on censorship. They're going to really partner. They're going to be pushing Google really hard and some of the other things really hard. They got to get that censorship handled because what's happened is is this network, Infowars, uh, and actually, by the way, I forgot to tell you, Alex, off air, I'll give you some insight. Uh, you were mentioned in some whistleblower data that I recently got. They are scared of you. Uh, they are they're terrified of this network. Um, this network, the others who are getting the word out. Critical.
critical because they're going to try and triple down on censoring us. They're going to try and triple down on keeping the word down because that's the only way that they can credibly steal the next election. If they if the if there's anything short of complete censorship, the 2024 election, there's no way they're going to be able to steal. Well, it. we're out of time, I mean, I, but uh, off air, let me ask you what the whistleblower information is. That's interesting, but they're just scared of the guests we have. We have General Flynn on tomorrow live at noon. Infowars.com forward slash show and, and, and a lot more. But let me say bye to you during the break. Invite you up very very soon. Thomas Renz Renz-Law.com. So much great information there. Please don't hang up. I want to ask you during the break exactly uh, the information you, get, you have off record, and we've got. Ivan Raikland and Mr. McBride, who were on with us yesterday with more video clips, more about January 6th, and more about that whole cover-up coming down that ties into everything coming up next hour. Please remember, we are listener-supported. We have great products. So get your ultimate bone broth, get your great CBD oil, get our prebiotics back in stock, all at InfoWarsTore.com, and fund the revolution. And by the way, thank you for your support. The CBD product from InfoWarsStore.com is truly outstanding. I've got one of my family members on it, and it's working wonders. It is highly potent. It's very effective. We've tested it in the laboratory, and it's an extraordinary value. InfoWarsStore.com. Check out the CBD oil. I think that's the 1,000 milligram bottle that I'm referring to there, but there are some other formats that are available as well. Owen Schreyer. Well, it's a shame the mayor can't be here for this, but good afternoon, Austin City Council. I want to address some confusion there seems to be from this city council, our local government, which has led to a grave injustice, which is the firing of Spencer Cronk, the city manager. Now, we all remember what happened really the last three winters, when there were severe winter storms and ice and power outages. Recently, people were th without power for three days, some people as long as a week, and we were looking for somebody to blame. And this city council blamed Spencer Cronk. But I'm a little confused why Spencer Cronk was fired instead of celebrated. Because I thought, as you addressed the last time you met on the 7th, I thought stopping climate change was something this city council took seriously. Now, the last I checked, and I've got the numbers right in front of me from ERCOT, the two leading sources of energy in Texas are natural gas and coal. And it's actually not even close. Without natural gas and coal, there will be no power for anybody. And that brings me to the ultimate point. This city council is comprised of Democrats, including the mayor. We have one Republican on this city council. Now, your leader, Joe Biden, has made it very clear he's targeting coal and natural gas. More than 20 states sue Biden for canceling Keystone XL pipeline. Biden did that as soon as he got into office. They're now stopping new oil projects like the Willow Project in Alaska, Biden vows to shut down coal plants all across America. So you understand, gas and coal, the two leading energy sources in Texas, in Austin, and the Democrats want to shut them down. 
A quarter of U.S. coal fire power plants will retire by the end of 2029. Now, if the mayor was here, I would remind him he just met with Joe Biden, who is the one calling for these energies to be shut down. So what will it look like for the city of Austin, Texas, if we shut down coal and natural gas? Well, I'll tell you what it will look like. It will look like exactly how it looked like during the winter storm for the last three years. How's that man-made global warming going? We now have ice storms every year here in Austin. So I don't understand why Spencer Kronk was fired. If anything, he should be celebrated. Think about what those three, four, five days without power saved us. The days for the future generations of Americans that we have preserved for shutting off the power. Three days without power, let's try three weeks. How about three months? Maybe three years? How about three generations? How committed is this city council really to fighting man-made climate change. And have we really weighed the costs? Thank you, Speaker. Your have time we really has expired. weighed the costs? Spencer Kronk should be Next speaker returned is to his Yvonne office. Yvonne Weldon. Thank you. Clerk, clerk, can you call our next speaker? Thank you. Guys, it appears that Mayor Kirk Watson has taken a page out of Mayor Adler's book and he leaves the chambers when Owen Schroyer is set to speak. He just leaves the chambers. He just scurries away. I haven't even met Mayor Watson yet. I was looking forward to meeting him today. I had a good relationship with Steve Adler. And for him to run away like that, like a coward, Kirk. Your first impression with me is that you're a coward, and I'm sorry to see that. I think this is a serious issue. After all, Kirk Watson went to the White House to talk about climate change. The last time this city council met, I've got the agenda right here in front of me, it was about climate change. So they want to shut off our power. So why are they complaining when we're without power for three days, when they want to shut it off permanently? There's no sources for alternative energy. I'll show you the numbers. I have them right in front of me. And so it's amazing how they don't even really seem to understand the cost of their own policies. Here, here's, here's Texas energy sources, natural gas and coal. See that? This is the vast majority of our energy here in Texas. Democrats have made it clear. They want to shut down coal. All right, see they the full report at InfoWars.com. It's excellent. So Owen Schroyer calls out the Democrat climate hypocrisy cult. Well, to introduce our next guest and what really happened on January 6th and how it could untie the entire deep state, I want to play a report dealing with Tucker Carlson as he blasts the repetitive January 6th mind control. And as I told you yesterday, it's now broke that the FBI accidentally leaked a bunch of documents, how they destroyed evidence to cover up what really happened on January 6th. It ties into confidential informants, provocateurs, and more. Here is the report, and we'll go to our guest. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the U.S. Capitol building. If you've joined us today for the insurrection, please make sure you pick up a promotional leaflet on the way in. Stay inside the safety cordons at all times. Tucker Carlson opened a wormhole in the Congressional Country Club space-time January 6th continuum, presenting unseen video footage revealing that the complete story had not only not been told, but it had also been doctored by the January 6th committee to satiate the Trump derangement syndrome mental illness rampant in Washington, D.C. Footage from inside the Capitol overturns the story you've heard about January 6th. Protesters queue up in neat little lines. They give each other tours outside the Speaker's office. They're not destroying the Capitol. They obviously revere the Capitol. 
The controllers and their media minions went on the offensive, doubling down on the big lie, using the old tired strategy that had secured their positions, lies baked into an unyielding barrage of mind control repetition. The power of repetition uh, is such that, you know, people like Tucker Carlson, who know they're lying to the public, can convince tens of millions of people of those lies. Tucker Carlson took a page from George Orwell's 1984 <laughs> and told his viewers to reject the evidence of their eyes and ears. Is this a lie? I think it's bull****. Fox executive Hannity Carlson shows are not credible sources of news. A hundred officers were assaulted on that day. Five officers died. Who are these five officers who are, quote, killed that day. Notice he didn't tell you. No one ever tells you. No one ever shows you their autopsies. They don't want any detail. They just want the slogan. Now they're counting Brian Sicknick, that's a lie. But who are the other four? Well, those are four officers who killed themselves. These are the facts they can't dispute. Here is surveillance footage of Sicknick walking in the Capitol after he was supposedly murdered by the mob outside. By all appearances, Sicknick is healthy and vigorous. He's wearing a helmet, so it's hard to imagine he was killed by a head injury. We do know from contemporaneous videotape that a mysterious figure called Ray Epps encouraged the crowd to go into the Capitol. For some reason, Epps has never been indicted for that. But there's no question he did it. We need to go into the Capitol! In a free country guided by the Constitution, were these people allowed to withhold evidence from Jacob Chansley's lawyer? How could that happen? Had you seen that clearly exculpatory tape of your client at trial? No. Where is your backup? This is our damn Capitol building, and y'all are letting it get destroyed on your watch! Anybody who watched that video uh, in a, with their own eyes in a real way, would disagree with what was just stated. The president has been very clear. January 6th was the worst attack on our democracy since the Civil War. The worst attack on our democracy since the Civil War. The weather underground setting off a bomb in the Capitol in 1971 and the armed resistance unit doing the same in the Senate in 1983 were the last major attacks on the U.S. Capitol. But there can be no mention of those attacks because it would surely open old wounds surrounding Obama's relationship with Bill Ayers and Bernadine Dorn and Bill Clinton's pardoning of 16 members of the FALN who blew up innocent Americans at France's Tavern, where George Washington said farewell to his officers in 1783. Question number one, why did President Obama release the bomber? His name was Oscar Lopez. Why did he do it? Because he agreed with them. Um, Lopez was the leader of the FALN who bombed France's Tavern. They took responsibility for it. Um, he's a Chicago guy. His brother, Jose, is a community organizer in Chicago. And... He had sympathy, in my view, um, Obama had sympathy for these terrorists. There were going to be bombshells throughout the week, but it appears Tucker was finally roped in by Rupert Murdoch's lawyers. However, 
House Speaker Kevin McCarthy has now vowed to release the January 6th security footage to the general public. It belongs to the public after all. John Bound reporting. All right, we're going to go a little bit in the next hour, uh, but uh, Jay Dyer will take over in the last 45 minutes. We've got our guest in for roughly a little over an hour. Part two, Ivan Raiklin, and of course, the great researcher that's compiled the largest uh, group through the different law firms have gotten pieces of what's been hidden from the public and from some of the human intelligence footage. That's Gary McBride from M5Newsgate.com. Now, we've got a bunch of clips here today. We won't have time to air them all because some are 17 minutes long, but we have... Ray Epps has been caught in the second breach. That's not out there yet. We have part one uh, also uh, dealing uh, with the lies we're being told. We have evidence uh, also that sheds lights on the prosecutors and, and all the corruption going on in the show trials. We have police brutality boil downs, uh, and we have a lot more here. There is a lot to get here, and a lot of this stuff's not been seen. It's, it's not gotten any popular attention. Uh, so Ivan Raiklin, I want to go to Gary McBride coming up next segment, but just big picture, everything coming out in the hearings yesterday while you were live on air with me, total proof of intelligence agencies, private corporations, all illegally doing this. They're making about the first amendment. That's important, but that's a side issue. Government working with corporations in secret to surveil and censor people. That's serious tyranny, serious organized crime that violates so many laws. You're a lawyer and I've been an analyst with the Defense Intelligence Agency. What is your view on that? Because to me, it seems bigger, the collusion and the organized activity to suppress people. It's bigger than First Amendment. No, absolutely, Alex. So I'm out here outside of the D.C. Gulag. You can see right behind me. Uh, and basically what's going on here, it's the Chinese Communist Party model taking over our current federal, the lawless executive branch. And it's across all institutions, essentially. I mean, we can showcase just four of them over the last couple of days that have been exposed by these committees. The DOD, the DOJ, the DHS, the CDC. I mean, they weaponize. I like that we have this weaponization committee and some of these other subcommittees as part of judiciary. Earlier today, you had Tom Massey going after the administrative state. It is a completely lawless executive branch that we need to get control over. And hopefully we're going to get to it as we get the truth out. How panicked do you think the deep state is? Because I can look at their body language and their actions, and we have internal memos coming out that I'm not in liberty to get to yet. The I mean, highest they're make, levels. They're making mistakes in the courtroom. They're basically uh, they're saying that they need to stop the trials against the Proud Boys because, oh, they accidentally released information that they had co confidential human sources and uh, FBI agents on the Capitol grounds. Now, whether they were in their official capacity or their private capacity, that's yet to be seen, but based on the releases yesterday, it looks like not only in their private capacity off-duty, there were some folks there, but also that they were there officially to include the hypothesis that maybe they were there to support Nancy Pelosi's operation, essentially a covert action on the Capitol grounds that was headed up by the two tactical commanders, which is outside commander, which was Ray Epps for the outer breach, inner breach team leader Ray Epps, and then you had operational commanders, which was her family members, daughter and son-in-law, and at the strategic level, you had. By the Nancy way, by the way, let's the go there next. I don't mean to interrupt. And we we go into the next hour too. Uh, but it turned out I had a legal meeting. I had to go to so this. What we're not doing the, the the two hours, you guys. I wish we were. Maybe we can have you back on Sunday or something. We'll do like four hours because the, I got this intel two days ago, and I was given more access than has been in the federal filing. I'll leave it at that. And what you said is indeed what's in it. It's it's the feds running January six, and by the grace of God, they leaked all this. Uh, to the defense lawyers. Now they've canceled court. You're a lawyer. You can speak to it. 
Obviously, the folks that have this info are very scared right now. This is very dangerous. People we're dealing with. This is how you get Arkansas having this info. But we hit the barbed wire. We put it out. And now it's all over the news. Exactly as I told you. Stay with us. We'll be right back as we unravel the coup against our American Republic. Jan 6. All right. Both of our guests are working in and around the Capitol around the clock with Congress, so they're officing out of the cars. They have privacy right now and better reception. It doesn't work too well inside the Capitol with those big marble walls. They are with us uh, right now. It works great if you're part of the Capitol and have access to their Wi-Fi, but they don't. So they're out in their cars right now. Uh, they're in the sleeting rain. We appreciate them being on with us. But, but th there's a lot to cover here, and I want to try to go through these clips with them and just cover the waterfront here. But this is the deep state's attempt to kill in America. We know it's provocateur. We know what happened. And already from people in the trial that I'm not at liberty to get into all of it yet uh, because the judge has been blocking it, but it's going to be coming out very soon. Know about CIA sex operatives, CIA operatives controlling him, uh, trying to set him up with documents to attack the Capitol uh, that Enrique Tarrio and others said, no, that's a terrible idea. They said it in front of informants. That Those informants have testified to the FBI that, but the FBI has excised out that evidence and then cherry picks things that are then presented to the jury out of context without the informant even being shown. And now, as I told you, when this broke uh, Wednesday night, and then yesterday we were talking about it, they're going to declare national security on it. And they did declare the judge yesterday national security, saying that's all classified, you can't look at it, and told the lawyers I've talked to that are the Proud Boy lawyers, you're not allowed to read it. Well, a little too late. They have read it, uh, and they're not. And they're saying they're not going to give it up. Norm Pattis said that uh, in court. So it's extremely damning, destroying evidence, covering up the informants inside. The system is in full panic mode, but it just shows how on every front, whistleblowers are coming out. I think the FBI probably leaked to start people on purpose. There's a lot of people in there. Everything is being exposed. We're, we're in a escalation, a cascade right now. Uh, where, you know, you hit an ammo depot is the analogy with a small mortar round, but it blows up a giant ammo depot and, you know, takes out, you know, 100 enemy troops. I, I, what we're seeing in slow motion is right now the ammo depot blowing up. Ivan, you're a former combat veteran, Green Beret. Is that a good analogy of where we're at? No, it's an absolutely fantastic analogy. I mean, it's the domino effect, right? Chain reaction, if you will. And like you said, slow motion. Uh, I can't I can't say it better. So what's the, well, then I'm going to shut up, give you guys the floor. You can go to any of these clips you want, except some of the 20-minute and 17-minute ones. Describe the clips, go through whatever you want. If you want to tackle more of this of these documents that are in mainstream news now, Proud Boy, January 6th edition trial halted after leaked uh, chat logs. Show FBI agent said her boss ordered her to destroy evidence, cover up informants, spill of uh, national security classified information. What's that in a criminal trial? Um, this is all hitting mainstream news. Uh, any further comments on this? No, all I'll say, Alex, is Gary McBride has been sitting on a lot of information. I, I want to actually see some of his stuff because he only showed me a little bit when I spent 13 hours with him. And I, I want to kind of sit along with you as we both watch it. And okay, Gary, we'll start getting to it next segment. And we'll, we'll do two more into the next hour. So plenty of time. Set the table here in the six minutes we have left to break about what we're about to see and, and where we're about to go. Okay, so the... Uh the apps we need to hit on a little bit more, especially when it comes to breach number two. Um, you know, like you said earlier, it just hasn't got the views that it needs to for people to see. And I want to thank you for letting us come back on and, and talking more about this uh, because that apps video is going to show you where um, he's involved with breach number two. And then it's going to show the red smoke pop and how we have four in front of people in front of him, four people behind him. Like I said, how they get him the hell out of there. That's how I put it. 
Um, and, and just like with the, the sign ramming at the first breach, it, it's all mechanized. It's all military training. Yeah, Ivan, you know, that's, you know, Ivan's good about recognizing that. And I mean, when I saw it, it's just, you can just, you can just see the coordination of it, you know, and he, and Epps even says he got separated from, what was it? See that picture you're showing right there. This is where it's going to look at that guy. He's covered in blood. If you, if you rewind and see it before what happened to him, he gets the back of his head pummeled with a bag. Just watch when he comes in. He's, you have to go back further, but not much further, but, but there's a cop on each side of him holding his arms. He has his hands up. That's Fanone, Officer Fanone spraying peaceful, peaceful protesters. Look how far back they are. Fanone is the one that lit the match that started the fire, not Guy Reffitt. I'm going to make that clear. Uh, well, before we jump into this, then, tell us what each clip is and preface it, and we'll go into it. Okay. Yeah, and like I said, breach number two, There's gonna and there's some, what I've added right here, he's getting beat up right there. And then Officer Bogner, without the helmet, stops him. And he goes back out to the tunnel to continue whatever he was doing. But that guy's covered in blood. Look at his hands. Look at his face. Watch him get hit right here on the back of the head. It's coming. Look at his hands. Look at his face. Just keep watching. You're going to see him right here. Right on the back of his head. Look at his hair lift up. With a freaking baton. This is, at the beginning of your show, I wrote this down. Re they, to reject the evidence we see and hear. They've been showing us their evidence of what we see in here and not showing the truth like you see and hear right here. And let's be clear, most of this footage has never been seen. You've gotten this from defense lawyers. Yeah, I've got it from, uh, yeah, I've got a source that it came from. I'll put it that way, Alex. But I don't, I, it doesn't matter how I got it. I got it and people need to see it. Okay, and so give us a preview truth. and I'm going to come back and give you the floor so we can go okay. through all these. What are the clips we're about to see? We're going to start with the breach two. What else are we going to be covering? And then um, I want to discuss Fanone. Michael Fanone, um, in front of the J6 committee, in front of the world, lied. Everything that he said is a complete lie. Now, I don't put anything out unless I show myself proof first. And I have to be, that picture right there, that's not Fanone. That is not Fanone. That is Officer B.A. Miller. And here's the interesting thing about that. Officer B.A. Miller, is nowhere in the system. He has body camera on, and there's no body camera footage of his, off of him. There's nothing. It's like he doesn't even exist. And they have the people believing that's Fanon. That's not Fanon right there in that video you're showing. That's Officer B.A. Miller. Now, what's important here is when he stands up, the protesters surround him, protect him, and they get him out of there. But here's the thing, Alex. To the right of the tunnel, there is a door surrounded by this violent mob these protesters and, and there's three guys that point towards that door when they get va miller to that door it opens up there's a gentleman in a suit and a riot cop that's where they deliver va miller to they open the door if they were there to kill people that day like they said how bad they make everybody sound they had an opportunity to take over that door right there they did there's hundreds of people around that door they did not take that door they delivered the police officer. They shut the door, and you never hear about being. But remember, we got a lot they of new listeners, a lot of people on TV right now. And you're doing, and you're immersed in this. You're an expert. The, the guy that's compiled the most uh, you know, video of anybody outside Tucker Carlson. Uh, now McCarthy says in the next few weeks, and I was told this weeks ago. I said it on air, but he's going to release it all. Yeah. I was told that by 
Tucker's producers that would soon be out to everybody. Um, people are criticizing Tucker getting first looks at it. So when we come back, I want you to just start with the second breach and then just go through each video on why it matters, countering the official narrative. And Gary, we're going to premiere this here today. But you're premiering a lot of information that's so important to the future of this republic at m5newsgate.com. And uh, Ivan Raikland, you pop in anytime you want. Before we go to break, I want to remind listeners, I almost didn't even get on air on time today because I was meeting with the accountants and looking at the projections. And I keep telling you, oh, we're finally back in the black. We are sinking back into the red. I'm not bitching. I'm not complaining. It's just God keeping me hard working here. But we need money to fund our operation. Nobody's fighting this hard. Go to InfoWarsTore.com. You see the donate button. Make a one-time donation or, or buy a product or sign up for AutoShip. Get 10% off. Just please check out the products. We need funding to keep fighting. I want to thank those of you that have supported us. Our new turmeric toothpaste is amazing. It's at InfoWarsTore.com. Welcome back to Alex Jones Show. Trump demands January 6th committee is tried for treason. Over Tucker Carlson videos, Trump claims January 6th committee works has been totally discredited. It has. Says the footage here by Tucker Carlson shows they should be jailed. Unbelievable. And we're showing footage that's not been seen unedited before here with Gary McBride, an investigator who's got it from government sources and more. Let's skip to the police brutality and then back to the official police story not being true when we start the next hour. You talked about this when you first came on, but I want to describe it because we're on hundreds of radio stations for people. Uh, so on the first of part two, before we get to uh, Fanon, uh, you, you show a man with his hands up, already bloody being brought in, being beaten in the head with a billy club, just to illustrate what we're dealing with. And then we'll play clip four and five uh, and others showing more police brutality. Remember, five citizens were shot and beaten to death and thrown off parapets that day. We're told five officers died that day uh, when it's not true. Gary McBride. Yeah, it's not true. This is excessive use of force, just like on Roseanne Boylan. It's excessive use of force. Uh, I I uncovered uh, Roseanne store, uh, Boylan and Lila Morris, the officer with the MPDC that beat Roseanne while she laid on the ground. Um, and I filed a complaint against her with the MPDC, and they did an investigation. I've got a 20-something page email thread of that to prove it. And they came back to me and said what Lila Morris did to Roseanne Boylan was a was um, objectively reasonable, which is, it's BS. I mean, you do not beat an unconscious woman while she's on the ground. She is no threat. This guy's no threat. His back is turned. He's got a cop on each side holding his arms and his hands are up and the cop behind him is beating the crap out of him. This cop pushes him off. And as soon as that cop right there on the motorcycle cop pushes him off, his nameplate is no longer on him. His nameplate was on it before him. I still can't get his name. So when I'm around here and I see a cop his size, I start running as fast as I can to try to see if it's him. I mean, this, there's, he needs to be investigated. And if the J6 committee would have done their job, people like myself and others wouldn't have to do it. But I'm glad that they slipped up. I'm glad that they went after one man because people like us, you, Alex, we the people, we're going to do this because they're not. They're fearful right now for what we're uncovering and what we're seeing. That's why they're scrambling right now, trying to figure out how to do damage control. But it's too late. There, there's no way they can do damage control now. My, my eyes, they're done. And I'm not going to stop until they're done. And every J6ers is out of jail. And they get the correct... <laughs> uh, it, they're being sentenced off of claims that are narratives that are built up that do not show anything else other than what they want you to see or hear. But then when we come out with it, then they start this BS like they always do, turning it, making it sound like we're lying, 
with what we're going to show you and what you're going to hear. I'm not going to plant the seed in people's heads as far as what you're going to see or hear. Just watch it. And the footage, if McCarthy comes out with everything, these guys are going to have to sit in jail for months and months and months because I know what it takes to go through it. Like this cop right here shooting pepper balls at a crowd that can't move. It's just like shooting fish in a tank. They can't move, and he's just shooting them with pepper balls over and over again. This guy right here, you know, it's um, it's ridiculous. That's, where a, that's what, where a plastic bullet's gone through his cheek. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And that's Derek Varga right there that gets pushed off the wall. Derek Varga. And to me, that's attempted murder. I mean, grab him. There's a bunch of cops out there. Grab him, pull him over, arrest him, do whatever you got to do. Don't push him. Well, the point the is, is they had half the police go do crowd control. They, they knew a bunch of people were coming to speak at the stage the other side with Trump. Uh, they had provocateurs to attack the cops. The cops were set up as well. They then attack back. The crowd gets mad. Ray Epson people breach through the first group, and then everybody goes in. Then there's a second breach. The cops are outnumbered. They get out of control. They kill five citizens, and then the media turns it all around that we killed five of them. So I see the police. I'm not lionizing. I'm not defending them, but, but they didn't know what was going on. Remember, for hours, they were calling back for directives and for backup, and no one was responding for the first time ever because they didn't want to be on the record. Yeah, exactly. And, so I see, I see, where, I'm not defending them for killing Babbitt. It's terrible. The guy should go to jail. The bad cops are, are bad. But I'm saying the police and the citizens were played off against each other, both sides being set up, both sides victims. I agree, 100%. There were good cops, bad cops, good protesters, bad protesters. Absolutely, I agree with that 100%. And that's what happened. That and, it, and as we go further along, you know, like you give us more time, it's it's because I have so much to show and to talk about. You're going to see how it's planned and coordinated. And and the reason why Capitol Police wasn't they weren't full. They didn't have all their police there that day because Pelosi, that's her police. That's her army, whatever you want to call them. And so um, there's more evidence to show that there wasn't a full force that day with the amount of people. Uh, listening to Trump that day. And we know Trump wanted uh, 10,000 troops for crowd control and it got refused from him. Yes, sir. I mean, yeah, let's talk got, about that. Let's bring in Ivan Raikland again. I know you're covering the trial of the Proud Boys. You're, you've already sent us a bunch of clips. It's hard to get to all of them. But we need to take our time, get a big list because there's so many of them here and, and, and maybe even do a commercial free show where we can walk through all this. But uh, Ivan Raikland with your military background, defense intelligence and more, looking at all of this, uh, to me, this is a classic stand-down uh, operation with provocateurs. I mean, it's been proven that they were there. The question was, now that we know they had a bunch of informants inside the Proud Boys and other groups, basically trying to lead them into this, but even the informants, according to the lawyers I've talked to in the documents, said no, that none of them ever wanted violence. They were there to be defensive. So if this information all comes out, this sh they should have to free all these people. Yeah, absolutely. So let me set the strategic frame once again, a little bit more detail, if I may, Alex. So when I when you look at the U.S. code as it applies to the Capitol Police Board, there's really four people that are the ones that provide law enforcement decision making for the Capitol grounds. You have the U.S. Capitol Police Chief, non-voting member. You have these two sergeants at arms, House and Senate, and then you have the Capitol Architect. Well, guess what? The Capitol Architect was just fired because he wasn't even at the Capitol on January 6th. He was teleworking, right? So then that leaves you with two other individuals that are voting members, the House and Senate sergeants at arms. Well, guess what? The joint session occurred in the House side. So if he is, House Sergeant at Arms Paul Irving is in on it with Nancy Pelosi, they're the ones that get to decide on what the, 
the uh, security posture is going to be on the, in the, on the Capitol grounds, especially as it applies to the House. And then if Mitch McConnell's in on it as a Senate majority leader with his Senate sergeant at arms, then guess what? The entirety of the Capitol complex and then the extended jurisdiction fall within the U.S. Capitol Police responsibility. And I agree with you that the U.S. Capitol Police, basically, they, they were not on an all-hands-on-deck posture that day, even though the chief of Capitol Police, Chief Sun, requested on six occasions from January 3rd uh, in order to have additional support. So not only did they refuse, they being mayor of D.C. and Nancy Pelosi, refuse any executive branch support from DOD, DHS, or DOJ in the form of uh, law enforcement or National Guard. They, in addition to that, refused additional support by the Capitol Police's own. And then on top of that, I argue that they probably, they being Nancy Pelosi, Sergeant at Arms, uh, and then other of their surrogates, were the ones that created the diversion at the DNC and RNC with the pipe bomb. I have a very high level source that didn't want me to name who they are that can attest that what happened at the DNC, or excuse me, at the RNC with the pipe bomb, guess what? It was a total distraction diversion. Uh, and again, I don't want, I'll let them come out when they want to come out, but I've been investigating this at that like big picture level and then framing it within the legal jurisdictional frame of how Nancy Pelosi could have conducted this in order to explain away all these different anomalies of Ray Epps, John Sullivan, and some other folks that literally will, were pulled off of the FBI's most wanted list. And I argue is because the FBI probably reached out and said, hey, this person, this person needs to be uh, prosecuted. And then on the other side of the phone call, the Capitol Police Board says, no, we're not going to prosecute them. And we're not going to tell you why. Meanwhile, the reason being is because they participated and and conducted essentially a coup, if you will, just like they were saying that it was the most violent thing ever to occur in our nation's democracy. It was because Nancy Pelosi and her her surrogates and her, I guess, progeny, if you will, yes, they participated in a coup on the constitutional order. Well, I got to tell and you, we're starting to finally get to it. Absolutely, it, it, they meant it to be much worse, so they could trick more people to go in. They had the fake Q people saying overthrow, kill everybody, arrest everybody. That was a background noise. And if the crowd would have bought into that, this could have been 10 times worse. That's why their scripts were so dire. Pearl Harbor, you know, all the dead, everything. Because it was supposed to be much worse. It didn't happen. They still had a script to follow. They were all within hours, the exact same script. Yeah, absolutely. That narrative. I mean, bottom line is what? She essentially refused support, created the frame to divert half of the U.S. Capitol Police down to the DNC and RNC pipe bomb. Meanwhile, amidst all that, while they're getting kind of uh, you know, caught off guard, trying to protect the Capitol, she has her agent provocateurs amidst that entire ecosystem to get up to the Capitol. And then the U.S. Capitol Police are trying to defend the line. And then you have others within the U.S. Capitol Police and then the Metropolitan Police Department literally shooting those grenades that you see into the line so that everybody's choked and smoked. We'll be right back. Stay with us. You need to get 
coordinated with not only your food, but also your health supplements, because it's going to be a matter of life and death. So support InfoWars Store. Listen, you need to put it as a priority because you don't know. I don't know. Alex and I are telling you how late it is before midnight strikes. And again, magnesium is critical for your muscles and, and everything. Krill oil. What I'm watching right before my eyes is a composite overview of nutritional supplements that will keep you alive. And I would urge everyone, maybe you don't take vitamins, maybe you don't take nutritional supplements, but the day will come. Vitamin C and zinc, absolutely imperative for the cold. DNA force, absolutely imperative. Mineral fusion, absolutely. As you're drinking filtered water, a lot of it will become demineralized. You have to have these products. Uh, we're going to finish up with Ivan Raikland do one more segment with Gary McBride to get to the officer that we're always hearing about that tells us this official story that he's saying doesn't match up. And then Jade Iyer is going to take over. Owen Troyer, 3 p.m. We'll be back tomorrow uh, with a live show. It's at 11 a.m. Uh, commercial free. General Flynn will be joining us live at noon tomorrow, Central Time, Infowars.com, forward slash show, band video. Uh, so, Ivan, you were making a point when you got cut off by the break. Yes. So basically what I'm getting at is that the, I mean, as the diversion was going on, look at the screen here, as the diversion was going on, we have the uh, U.S. Capitol Police, they form a line in that second breach area that was just mentioned with the, the video right, right there you got in front of us. And you can see that either Metropolitan Police Department or U.S. Capitol Police actually shoot into their own line and then smoke out because no one has a, a mask on. Uh, amidst that first line. So they shoot into their own crowd, whether it's intentionally or negligently, and then it breaks the line to open it up. And then meanwhile, not only are the police officers trying to uh, get some oxygen by breaking the line, but also those, uh, I guess, election integrity rally attendees that are up close, they can't breathe either. And there's no way for them to go back to try to find a spot. Sure, to watching this, so you can see they, the they shot the cops on purpose. They didn't have a bunch of cops all miss and shoot the cops in the back. And they didn't have guys up the scaffolding to stir the crowd up, shooting them for no reason, going outside training and policy. You can see them poking the bear or throwing spikes into the back of the bull like a bullfighter does to get it riled up and out of its mind. This was all Operation Matador. Right, so we, we need to find out who did the smoke in terms of the signal, the red smoke signal. Gary, if we can kind of get to that, uh, that would be a key indicator of, of who's involved in this. And number two, who was the police officer that shot into the back of the, the, the that first, that last line of defense, if you will, that smoked out the crowd and that instigated everybody to kind of break through? Because at the end of the day, most of these people are acting for self-preservation, uh, both uh, rally attendees and then the police, so that they could actually have some oxygen to breathe. They didn't have masks. So we need to find out who shot that in there, and then they need to be held to account. There's a lot more that's going to be uncovered as we further investigate this. Absolutely. Anything else, Ivan? No, I mean, uh, uh, there's a lot to talk about. The bottom line is some of the key people that need to be investigated with this new House Administration Subcommittee on Oversight headed up by Barry Loudermilk. They need to focus on Nancy Pelosi getting all of her records, emails, phone calls, texts, her daughter, Alexandra Pelosi, her son-in-law, Michael Voss, her sergeant-at-arms at the time, Paul Irving, uh, the head of security at the RNC, the head of security at the DNC, the Secret Service agents that were there for uh, Mike Pence. Mike Pence needs to be questioned and investigated. The Secret Service agents for Kamala Harris that were supposedly with her 
at the DNC at the time that those pipe bombs and, were. And, and, I, and I totally agree with you. And look at all the whistleblowing already happening from the FBI everywhere. The deep state's got to be scared because so much of this stuff's leaking right now. I'd call this the season, the season of the leaks for the deep state. Oh, absolutely. So earlier today, I was up there in the House, and uh, Tom Massey had a subcommittee hearing. Also, the uh, House uh, Administration Committee on Subcommittee on Elections, headed up by uh, what's her name, Laurel Lee, who used to be the Secretary of State in Florida. She's heading up the Elections Committee down there, and I I approached her afterwards and said, "Guess what, ma'am? The joint the the January sixth joint session did not have a quorum. You might want to actually redo the joint session." lawfully under the 12th amendment by the way and i saw like, this uh, there's a committee now to investigate january 6th committee yeah so these are the individuals that are going to be doing it barry loudermilk congressman morgan griffith congressman desposito from new york i mean i wrote a Substack specifically identifying who's who as well as the staffers that are going to be involved and uh, i actually talked to them earlier today and and I get it. They don't want to do it. But at the end of the day, I mean, we're going to push them. All right, into Ivan Raiklin, we're out of time. Ivan Raiklin, people can find your work on Twitter at Ivan Raiklin and on Ivan Raiklin on Substack. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Alex. Appreciate you, brother. All right, we're just getting started on this. There's so much video we can't get to it all, but you can find it at M5NewsGate.com. We're going to come back, though, and look at some of the other lies being uncovered. And all this stuff we're breaking is just as big as what was on Tucker Carlson, and there's so much more. Now, Kevin McCarthy says he's about to release it all to the public. The globalists are shitting bricks. All right, you're seeing and hearing the documentation the globalists don't want. We're all fighting for the same goal here, liberty, freedom, and justice for our children in the future. Ivan Ranklin just left us. Gary McBride, the researcher that's compiled the largest uh, private a group of uh, both public and government videos from sources and, and, and leaks uh, on January 6th. So much coming out. Deep State so scared. We don't have time to get to all the other videos. We'll have you back soon with even more of the videos you've got. Uh, but uh, let's let's get to let's get to this officer that's the spokesperson of January 6th and what you've compiled. Okay. Going to Phnom. Um, in that video that I sent y'all, and they can find um, on my Rumble page and YouTube. Um, Phnom. He's he's a complete liar, and they want to talk about his book about hold the line. His book should be titled "Told a Lie," because I can take what he wrote in his book. I can take footage when he was on another show, and his stories changed three times um, about how he was dragged out of the tunnel. Um, he was not dragged out of the tunnel. He walked out of the tunnel with somebody, and the only true thing I want to put put, put this point across: the only true thing Fanon said was I've got hit. Now, he claims that they said, take his gun, shoot him with his own gun. That was not true. It was true that they said, take his gun. The reason they said, take his gun is because he is leaning over trying to unholster his gun. Kyle Young went in and stopped him from unholstering his gun. Kyle Young was sentenced. He was found guilty for touching his wrist. Kyle Young is a freaking hero because he kept Fanon from shooting people that day. When they take Fanon back to the police, I'm going to be quick through this. When they take him back up to the police, he acts like he passes out. Um, there's nothing on the back of his neck that talks about where he got tased three times. He got tased one time. He's got a protective vest on with a high collar. That's what the taser hit. He's going to feel a jolt. Okay? It did not scar him like the pictures they just came out with a couple of months ago on the back of his neck showing scars on the back of his neck. In this video, you'll see Fanon fall over when he acts like he passes out that shows his neck. There's no marks on his neck, but now he has scars on his neck. When they dragged Fanon into the Capitol, into the West Tunnel, 
into the hallway. He's acting like he's passed out. He is not passed out. Matter of fact, the J6 committee, and I'd love to be a part of that investigation, the J6 committee. You'll save time by bringing me on because when they drag him off and they turn the corner, he opens his eyes and he looks around and then closes his eyes again. Now, I'm going to jump a little bit further. There's foot, and I show the footage in my video. When he gets outside, remember, they said he had two heart attacks, tased in the back of the neck, back of the neck kicked in the head, beat with flagpoles. It's all BS. The person, the cop that was drugged down the steps, head first, and it's an aerial pitcher. That's B.A. Miller. Let me tell you this. B.A. Miller has a body camera on. There's no body camera footage of B.A. Miller. As a matter of fact, when you look into it and you type his name in to the data where I got all this stuff, there's no B.A. Miller. It's like he does not exist. The reason he does not exist is they want you to think that's Fanon that was drugged down the steps head first. It's not Fanon, people. It's B.A. Miller. B.A. Miller should have went to the Super Bowl, not Fanon. It's a complete lie. They're making and, and right there, that picture right there. That was not B.A. Miller. I mean, that was not Fanon. That's B.A. Miller. Um, I'm going to jump back real quick off of Fanon just for a second because you showed footage of Kyle Fitzsimmons' trial with Ganell. That image, though, that footage was manipulated. Confit Simons had a white coat on with a black sleeve. There's a person holding on to Ganell's shield, and that black sleeve turns white to make it look like. It's Fitz Simons, and it's not. I turned that footage over to Natasha Taylor Smith, which was Fitz Simons' attorney. She presented it into court, submitted the two videos that I sent her. The judge asked her where you got the footage. It was sent to us last night. He's going to come back with sentencing in two weeks. It took him seven weeks, and he found Fitz Simons guilty on all accounts. He didn't take into effect that it was doctored. The sleeves turned white. Didn't take into effect that Ganell lied on the stand by saying he had my shield and it tore my shoulder. I had to have shoulder surgery. I can't be a cop no more. Natasha nailed Ganell on the stand and said, he does not have a hold of your shield, does he? Is it your shoulder strap? Ganell just goes, okay, whatever. I guess it was my shoulder strap. And, and, and the biggest thing is the footage that you have, the raw footage, first of all, they put in court of them glitching it out when it shows Ray Epps giving the orders for the breach. All right, we'll talk again soon. Thank you so much for the time, Gary McBride. Thank you, sir. Thank you. All right. I'm going to have Jay Dyer, who's always doing a fabulous job on Fridays when he hosts the fourth hour takeover here. I appreciate him letting us have some of his time. Uh, please remember that we are listener supported. We cannot do this broadcast without you. Plus, we have great products you need. It's a win-win. We just need you to take action, make the decision to go to InfoWarsTore.com and get the best CBD oil at the lowest prices for your body, your brain, your neurological system, your joints and bones, the ultimate bone broth, the uh, great... Uh, Prebiotic that finally came back into stock that was the best seller. Signed copies and unsigned copies of my book, The Great Reset in the War of the World. That's how you fund the operation. Plus, we also have the new turmeric toothpaste, full of vitamins and minerals, full of the highest quality turmeric, tea tree oil, and so much more. It's very popular. People love it. It's going to sell out soon. That funds our operation. It's a big old tube of it, too. It's a jumbo size. Available at InfoWarsStore.com. And, of course, it's fluoride-free. InfoWarsStore.com or 888-253-3139. Our turmeric 95 is the highest level curcuminoid. There is so much more. You can also just click on the donate button there at the top, make a straight donation. That way we get 95% of the money after the credit card fees. We need the funds to continue on, and we are delivering on every front the fight against the globalist. InfoWarsStore.com. 
Infowarstore.com. It's up to you whether you get great products at the same time. Keep us on air. I thank you all for your support. The great Jay Dyer, best-selling author, researcher, and expert on the New World Order, takes over now. Welcome to the fourth hour. Uh, this is your guest host, Jay Dyer, Jay's analysis. Thank you. I wanted to talk about dialectics and understanding the ma manipulation of dialectics. You know, we saw today uh, or yesterday in the recent release of the newest batch of the Twitter files that there's this collusion between NGOs, between private self-appointed authorities, between uh, intelligence agencies, uh, uh, so-called, that are there to really shut down any critique, any dissension. And we knew that this was going on for a long time, but now it's completely vindicated with these Twitter files. And uh, I think that the key here is to understand that this control system isn't new and it's something that has existed for a long time. And there's certain ways that the control system works that are so crucial to understand that we often forget. And that is controlled opposition and controlled dialectics. Controlled dialectics is itself an older Marxist idea that actually goes back to ancient Greece and ancient pagan religions. So you've heard me probably talk about uh, uh, Plato's Republic, right? Plato's Republic is about this idea of setting up the perfect utopian city-state. Now, I don't think in Plato's mind he thought he could really set up a utopian city-state, but he thought that you could try to shoot for that with a form of a mix of kind of authoritarianism with the philosopher king at the top, a degree of kind of communitarianism or communism in the middle, and then a, a, a large working base at the bottom of the pyramid. And so there's a famous document uh, from the Cold War that, that harkens back to this, believe it or not, that is kind of forgotten. And it's a document that deals with an interrogation uh, of a Trotskyite uh, Marxist under the Stalinist regime, under the NKVD. So two branches of Marxism that are kind of battling amongst themselves. And there was a guy named Christian Rakovsky who was a Bulgarian uh, a socialist who was then eventually uh, brought into um, the high levels of the, uh, the, the Communist International to be a spokesperson, so, so to speak, at different levels and as, as an ambassador to, to other countries and whatnot. And he got uh, arrested at one point and he's part of the trial of the 20, right? There's these 20 figures underneath the Stalin uh, regime where Stalin purged a bunch of the Trotskyites. And if you don't know, there was these internal battles and struggles within the history of Marxism, communism, socialism for who would be really the, the face of communism, Marxism, who, who would run this system, who would be the power? Would it be the, the so-called pure classical Marxists, the true Marxists, or would it be this new kind of Stalinism, which was very uh, centralized in the sense of like a, a dictator and all that? And uh, Stalin realized that the policies of the Bolsheviks, for example, were pretty disastrous. Now, Stalin, I think, was a tyrant and a monster. He was a, a terrible person. But he realized that these really wild policies of the Bolsheviks that we kind of see in today's Antifa-style stuff, that it was totally destructive, that it wouldn't work. So he tried to scale back some of that and have a, just a total dictatorship. And so uh, as a result of this, there was a lot of former Marxists who were mad at him, right? There was a lot of Trotskyites. There was a lot of... Uh, uh, Leninists and so forth, uh, Mensheviks, Bolsheviks that were mad at Stalin, so they kind of went to war, and then Stalin purged them, and there's a wild testimony from one of those guys that he that he interrogated. Don't go anywhere. This is the Alex Jones Show. I'm your host, Jay Dyer. Welcome back to the Alex Jones Show. We're talking about the interrogation of the uh, agent of Trotsky, the figure of Rakovsky, who was interrogated under the uh, NKVD, under Stalin. And it's a, uh, it's a kind of a speculative text. We don't know 100% if this is... Uh, Totally accurate because, of course, it comes out of the period of the Stalinist regime, 
But it is one piece of evidence that actually supports the, the thesis of both Quigley uh, and, and Professor Anthony Sutton that we've covered for so many years over here. So the thesis deals with whether or not Marxism, socialism is a real organic movement or whether it's kind of something propped up from the outside. And the reason that I'm talking about this is that when we understand the dialectics of the Cold War, that Manichaean pitting of East against the West, which was engineered at a higher level by very powerful Western industrialists, corporatists, and banking interests, then we can begin to understand how the system that we live in today is a circle in which we're in a controlled back and forth, kind of like a kind of like a pong match, ping pong, right? And you're only allowed to discuss topics within this predefined circle. And there's also a text that's pretty uh, well known that's very closely related to this idea, which is the book uh, Fire in the Minds of Men by James Billington. And, and in Fire in the Minds of Men, it's a, it's a treatise on the history of French revolutionary Marxist socialist ideas. And he was not a conspiracy guy. He was the uh, librarian of Congress. So he was actually a scholar and he was a big supporter, a big fan of this idea of the history of revolutionary thought from the French Revolution up till today. And then and sort of how it culminated uh, up into the Bolshevik Revolution. So he begins his book, The French Revolution, then he ends it with uh, the Russian Bolshevik Revolution and then into the Stalinist period. So revolution in this system is based on the idea of dialectics, the idea that everything in life is a black and white, yes, no, yin, yang, push, pull situation. And it's fundamental also to Darwinism that this survival of fittest, that this power struggle is something that is uh, fundamental and inherent to the existing order. And that's itself what propels progress in this order. How, that's how we get to the higher stages. And so it's called in this uh, situation, for example, uh, esoteric Marxism, right? Uh, in the interrogation, we have this discussion going on where the, the figure of uh, Rakovsky is being interrogated by the NKVD. And he says, you guys don't really understand Marxism. Marxism is much more than a um, economic system. It's a lot more than some kind of theory about uh, modes of production and who, who owns the means and modes of production. He says it's not a uh, primarily a social justice phenomenon. This verbiage and this idea might have been used or attached to Marxism over the years, but that's not primarily what it's about. He says, and you guys have corrupted true Marxism, you Stalinists. <clears throat> and he says that we will have the ultimate victory because we know the long game plan. And this really takes the interrogator, uh, uh, the guy named Gabriel, for a, a, a bit of a surprise. He says, what do you mean you, you're going to win in the, in the long run? He says, well, because I know who's really running this. He says, who's really running it? What do you mean? He says, well, you have to understand what Marxism is, what socialism ultimately is. He says, it is not about fixing economic systems and injustices. He says, ultimately, it's a kind of religion. Now, he says, it's not a religion in the sense of we believe in uh, you know, supernatural powers. But he says it's a religion that's at a commitment to a single idea, which is revolutionary dialectic, which is the end goal. So there's not necessarily a utopia at the end, right? Marx talked about the possibility that there could be a utopia or something like that and the withering away of the state. But he says there's not really uh, any guiding necessary principle that we will uh, necessarily get to a utopia. It might end in a collapse. It might end in chaos. Who knows? But he says that our our commitment is to revolution. And he says everything else serves revolution. That's it. So it's revolution even against revolution, ultimately. And he says, and that's the great mystery uh, and the acceptance within Marxism of contradiction. 
So a lot of us out here uh, who argue online or whatever, we get into discussions with family members, whoever, that are liberal or whatever, that are committed to Marxism. Now, those are low-level Marxists. They don't really understand what this is about. But they do kind of – they've unconsciously uh, imbibed this idea that the antithesis to the thesis – thesis, antithesis, synthesis, right – is itself contradictory but necessary. And so – Rakowski, that's being interrogated, says to the NKVD guy, he says, don't you understand that we couldn't have Marxism socialism without the economic misery and chaos? He says, how would people turn to Marxism if they didn't believe that the existing system was a huge injustice? And the guy says, okay, well, that's fair enough. Uh, Sure, that that, kind of makes sense. And he says, but I'm going to go even further because we believe that we must increase the chaos, the collapse, the destruction. And he says, we must do that, especially on the working class, because that's what furthers our movement. And he says, wait a minute. So you're saying that you want worse situations for the workers? He says, absolutely, because that's what drives them to revolutionary action. And he says, well, okay, maybe that makes sense. I guess you could say that's a pragmatic uh, goal here. But I I thought we were here to kind of fix the problems of the world. And he says, no, no, no. Do you understand? um, He says, what do you think revolution is? And he says, um. I don't know, it's, it's guys on the ground that you know want to fight against injustice. And he says, who do you think funds those people? And the NKVD guy says, well, I, I guess uh, you know, they raise money. I don't know, they get, they get money from people who want to support them and agree with them. He says, no, they get money from very powerful industrialists and banking houses that want to see the collapse, that want to see the, 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 the falling apart of the situation the strikes, the hunger, the starvation, and the misery, because that leads to the synthesis. So everything in Marxism is dialectical uh, thesis versus antithesis, and then you get the, the synthesis out of that. And so it's a technique. It's a, it's a method for producing the results one wants. And you produce those results by intentionally causing the opposition to your position. And that sounds so mysterious. Oh, it's a conspiracy theory. That's in Marxism everywhere. In fact, Marx, as we know, created his own secret society. And he did that because the Marxists before him, back to the French Revolution, the Robespierres, these kinds of figures, the Adam Weishaupts, right? If you didn't know, Adam Weishaupt was a communist. And the idea here was we don't just have a secret society where we push this. He says we also want to intentionally cause the reaction against us. We want the reaction, we want the opposition, and we want to make things worse because that's what furthers the revolution. Because it it is, according to Rakovsky and according to other uh, people who've written on this, like Gary North, a religion of revolution. In fact, the Billington book is called The Revolutionary Faith. It is faith in constant perpetual revolution. And that's the one famous work, I think, if I recall, from Trotsky, right? Perpetual Permanent Revolution. So there's, it's, an, it's a never-ending revolution. Every, every generation of Marxists even destroys the previous generation of Marxists because that's the necessary logic of continual revolution. Now, I'm not saying that today we're run by Marxists, okay? We're run by the Fortune 100, et cetera, who have adopted a synthesized view, something closer to Fabian socialism. But we get an insight into, in this interrogation back in the 1930s, or 20s or 30s, whenever it was, 19... Uh, 1938 uh, interrogation that uh, that 
Marxism was already beginning to be seen and understood as something that necessitated monopoly capital. And when we come back, we're going to get into the interrogation where he actually says that monopoly capital is the necessary dialectical opposition to true Marxism, which furthers the revolution. And it is, in fact, the capitalist, the monopoly capitalist, he says, who will hand the victory over to us in the distant future. Quite literally, he says that we, we, I know this because I know the people that are running Marxism. Don't go anywhere. anywhere. This is the Alex Jones Show. I'm your guest host, Jay Dyer of Jay's Analysis. Welcome back to the Alex Jones Show. I'm your guest host, Jay Dyer of Jay's Analysis. And so here we see that the contradictions that are evident within Marxism are admitted by alleged high-level Marxist operatives. Now, we know this was a high-level socialist Marxist guy, but whether he was in on the inner, inner party is the claim of Rakovsky himself. Now, the thing that's fascinating to me is that much of his claims are backed up by other independent researchers that are in the West, right? So we have Quigley and Sutton, who Quigley writing, of course, in Tragedy and Hope and in other writings uh, as a defender of this model and this system. <clears throat> and then we have Sutton as uh, somebody who was an economist who stumbled upon this information and became more of a critic. The question is then uh, whether this information is valid we can't ultimately know in terms of this interrogation because certainly anything that stalin lets out is going to be uh, probably amenable to the stalinist regime or uh, if the story is true that this kind of leaked who knows but Rakowski says that really marxism was run by an international inner clique of people who understood that revolution is a powerful tool for reorganizing and and changing and restructuring society and he says that monopoly capitalism eventually saw that it needed Marxism, that it would be a good tool to have as a managed dialectic. And so his interrogator, the NTV, NKVD guy says, what, that's too crazy, that's, that's insane. There's no way that it's that, quote, conspiratorial because why would capitalists fund the, their enemies? And he says, well, they would fund the enemies not just to control them, but he says, if you think about it, what, what, how is the whole modern world built? And he says it's built on fiat money printing. He says the whole Federal Reserve System, right? Which is a creation of the Milner Fabian socialist clique that we've been lecturing through recently. And the NKVD guy says, yeah, maybe that's the case. And he says, well, don't you understand and don't you agree as a Soviet person that uh, international money is, in your view, a problem, right? And he says, yeah, sure, that's what's uh, running the world. That's who funds Tiny Mustache Man, our enemy. And the, the, the bourgeoisie nations in the West, they're the enemy of the Soviet empire. And he says, you have it all wrong. You have a very low level understanding. He says, the revolutionaries originally were the people who figured out how to do Federal Reserve style money printing. He says, what? He says, yeah, I remember when I was asking you about who funds the Marxists and the revolutionaries? He says, it's very wealthy people. He says, do you imagine that they're idiots or do you imagine that they are intelligent people. <clears throat> he says, they're not idiots. They figured out how to game the whole world, basically, and how to achieve through money printing, through fiat debt system and debt bubbles, how to run the world. And he says that that's the real purpose of Marxism. He says, Marxism has as its end goal the establishment of total domination and total control by this inner clique. That's it. That's its end goal. Power. It's not an end goal of setting up a truly just, equitable, you know, social just, um, fair system. It is a system of control 
And he says that I can give you plenty of examples that show this. He says, for example, think about um, the three levers, according to classical Marxism, of the revolution. He says there's economics, war, and there's the workers, the proletariat. He says, aren't, aren't these the three basic uh, levers? And I think he says Lenin's three levers or something like that. And uh, the NKBD guy says, oh, yeah, sure, that makes sense. Uh, what about it? And he says, well, do you think that the workers control either of these three levers? Do the workers control economics? Do they do they control the uh, printing and issuance of currency? No. He says, do the nation states control the uh, printing and issuance of currency? And he says, what happens anytime that the nation state decides to start printing and issuing its own currency and not private international elites? He says, well, uh, that becomes a problem. Yeah, exactly. Because this allows through inflation and through the running up uh, of the money, through the running of the money printer, brr, 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 the money printer go brr, right? This allows them to buy up the real assets, the real wealth. And that confirms that that's in Quigley's Tragedy and Hope in the first 200 pages. He says that this is the system that was set up post-enlightenment based on fiat gold certificates, gold, gold notes. You, you print more gold notes than there is gold in the reserves. And that allows you to control and manipulate the currency. You can control and con you can expand and contract the amount of the currency that's out there, inflation, deflation, et cetera. And by doing that, you can lend, lend out, right, at extensive interest rates. And it allows you eventually to control everything. So he's, he goes back to saying, well, look, so do, do the workers control any of that? No, of course not. He says, okay, so the workers don't control that private international economic industry elites control that. He says, number two is war. He says, do the proletariat control or begin wars? No. Was it the political elite? No. He says, even if it was the political elite to start a war, where does the funding come from for a war? Doesn't it take a lot of money to have a war? Yeah, exactly. And then he says, the workers, he says, so, so the proletariat don't control the, the, the war machine. And he says, the workers themselves, do the workers control the workers? Do they organize mass work strikes? Do they really control the unions? Maybe at one time, a long time ago, but not by the 30s and 40s, they didn't control unions. Those were eventually bought up. He says, so this shows you that the three levers of revolution are actually run by very wealthy, powerful people. And he says that you can look at uh, certain historical events like the assassination of uh, Archduke Franz Ferdinand, he says, basically by British intelligence and British intelligence using these people, uh, their Marxist assets and allies and various, uh, I know in, the, in that case it was the Black Hand, but that was organized, he says, by these Fabian socialist elites in the UK to kick off World War I because they wanted war. He says, in fact, war is revolutionary. War is part of the revolutionary program. And that's why Marxism has this history of sort of, you know, the symbology and imagery of red, as in blood, war, right? Red is a is a uh, Martian color, Mars, right? And so, red communism, red Marxism, is a war revolutionary based society, or or uh, excuse me, system. And he says that ultimately, this revolution is even destructive of many of those in our ranks. He says, if you look at the French Revolution, when the revolutionaries came to power, the first thing they did was kill a bunch of the revolutionaries. And he says, this is always the case because they serve other ends. And basically he says, there's dupes. Dupes within the system of Marxism, socialism serve the system because they think 
they're serving something to bring about social justice or whatever, right? The low-level Marxists. And even he says people in secret societies who were sort of roped into serving uh, the socialist revolutions in the last uh, you know, couple centuries, he says they were some of the first people to be killed off. He says Woodrow Wilson, for example, was utilized by Colonel Edwin Mandel House and some of our assets in order to help set up this Federal Reserve System, which he says is revolutionary. And this is what really blows the mind of his NKVD interrogator. He says, you're telling me that the Federal Reserve style bank for national settlement style banking system is revolutionary? He says, isn't that what we're fighting? And Murkowski says, no. It is the revolution, because that was a revolution against nation states and against people uh, printing their own money, having their own currency. And he says, and, and that's why we had to, for example, get rid of certain countries that, were, that didn't have this model. He says the fall of the czar, for example, was key. He says the establishment of Federal Reserve banks in other countries was key. And he says we even utilize a lot of the Masonic societies just as our tools to bring about revolution, especially during the 1800s and, and in, the, in the 1900s. And so he says that th this whole model of nationalism <clears throat> uh, has to be done away with. And he says that that's because the true model here of internationalism is really just a program to level, consolidate wealth and transfer it offshore. And that's exactly what Sutton and Quigley say. And this is the dialectic that I've been speaking of. That's presently the system that we live in, not primarily classical Marxism, but a system that is big capital, Fortune 100, et cetera, that utilizes these principles to control people within a managed dialectic. And you can't step out of the controlled fake left-right or the controlled conservative versus liberal dialect dialectic because it's they set the parameters of what's allowed. Don't go anywhere, this is the Alex Jones Show. I'm your guest host. Welcome back to the Alex Jones Show. I'm your guest host, Jay Dyer, Jay's Analysis. If you remember back to the time of Plato, if you've heard my Plato lectures, and if you go to uh, my website or my YouTube channel, you can find all my Plato lectures. You can also go to Band.Video, and if you search my name, you'll find the last two years of all the information and lectures that I've done in the last two years over there at Band.Video. Uh, we've covered you know, Plato's Republic in depth, and Plato said that the, the way the system needs to work is that you have basically an inner secret society that publicly lies and publicly gives out disinformation and false stories, what he called the, the noble lie amongst other lies. And he says that this is the best way to control the system. And it has to be run this way because that's just the nature of the beast, he says. And so the, the Marxists and the socialists, uh, when they were forming their early communities uh, in the time of the French Revolution, who, by the way, they got support even at that time from very wealthy, powerful elites, including even the aristocracy and the bourgeoisie. They supported a lot of these revolutionary movements. Even at that time, they, they consciously adopted the Pythagorean and uh, Platonic social, uh, secret society model saying that they would have to hide their designs because their designs are so revolutionary, so wild against the existing order that they would be com uh, completely and immediately shut down if they were discovered. And of course, uh, some of those designs have been discovered. That's how we know about, you know, Adam Weishaupt's uh, uh, Jacobin Illuminist uh, conspiracy is because those, those plans were eventually discovered. 
But the same idea, uh, which is a radical feminism, a radical liberty, equality, fraternity doctrine of the of the Jacobin socialist Marxists, continued on in various secret societies. And we see it pop back up with Marx. We see it pop back up with people like Giuseppe Mazzini. We see it pop back up with uh, people like Antonio Gramsci. <clears throat> but those are just sort of the, uh, the, the public faces and pushers of Marxism and socialism. And they are conspirators. And they are involved in a lot of secret societies and machinations and intrigues, but they're not the ones really hoisting the system upon the whole world. And that's the key revolution here. Uh, the key idea to understand about revolution is that it's not primarily those people on the ground. It's people like David Rockefeller who says in his memoirs that he was so happy to go into communist China right, right before, I think right before Nixon did, or right around that time. He said, because that allowed Chase Bank to be the only and the first bank in communist China. And in 1979, he writes a, a, an essay for the New York Times from a China travel explaining how he was so glad to see the success of that revolution and how Maoism is an amazing and excellent experiment for the future of human, humanity. And that's just one example amongst many. American Industrial Corporation, right, is another example that funded the Bolsheviks and gave them money. USAID was used to funnel money to the Bolsheviks and to Trotsky. Trotsky was especially the one that got most of the money. And it was, in fact, Trotsky, according to Rakovsky, who was the real star of the early revolution. Even Lenin was kind of uh, upstate or, 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 or uh, not the real ideal that they wanted. And then Stalin ar arose as the sort of chief or henchman to, uh, to Lenin. And then he came to power. And that's why he had to get rid of Trotsky is because apparently Stalin found out that Marxism was already under the control of this. And so he thought, well, I'll just run this thing and I'll make myself the dictator. And we've seen that in so many cases of, you know, uh, tyrants, puppets, dictators who've been supported by the West. We think of Noriega, we think of uh, bin Laden, we think of uh, uh, Gaddafi, right? You get supported by the West and then eventually you get tossed aside, you're no longer needed. And that might be because you've expired, you've run your course, so they don't need you anymore. It could be because you are not doing everything you're supposed to do. There could be many reasons why you're dispensed with. But that dispensing is something that's key to the history of revolutions who are funded by the wealthiest people out there. And so this is just really blowing the mind of the NKVD interrogator. He just he just can't understand this. He's, he senses, though, that, it's, that it seems to be consistent. It actually makes sense, but he says that it's just really hard to believe that, you know, people, nobody's really understood. And he's like, well, it's not nobody that hasn't understood this. He says a lot of people have understood this. And he says that when they do understand it, he says that that's when it's time to, for example, if they're a dictator or a leader that understands it, that's when it's time to dispense with them. He says, for example, the people that I serve, he says these industrialists and these banking elites, he says they are uh, set up and promoted Hitler. And the NKVD guy says, what? Why would they promote that guy? That's who we're fighting against in the Soviet Union. And he says they want the war. They want the war against the Soviet Union because ultimately this war exhausts all of these powers and only hands more power to this elite. And he says that we must have our dialectical opponent, tiny mustache man, Hitler. Hitler must be supported. And if you read quickly, I think it's page 1059 in Tragic Hope, he says that Alan Dulles used to work for the Schroeder Bank, which is the bank that funded Hitler's rise. Schroeder Bank with the Bank of England, England funded the rise of Hitler. Tragic Hope, page 1059. 
And that's exactly what Rakowski says. Now, he doesn't say Schroeder Bank, but he just says that the same people behind internationalism are the same people behind Tiny Mustache Man and your revolution, ultimately. And so some people theorize, again, we don't know this is true, it's a lot of speculation, but some people theorize, and actually in, in Tragedy Hope, Quigley says that this is what actually kicks off the, the Cold War, is that Stalin didn't want the Marshall Plan aid because he thought perhaps that this was an attempt to control and manipulate him. Now, he was helped and propped up as well, right, from the West, and we know that from Sutton's work also. But one of the reasons for the Cold War, <clears throat> even according to Quigley, was that there was this struggle for control of international socialism. Would, would it be uh, the Trotsky-Lenin types, or would it be the uh, the, the Soviet-style uh, Russian national socialism, uh, or what he calls national communism, right? He says the only difference between Hitler and Stalin is that Hitler is national socialism and uh, Stalin was national communism. But they're both essentially control systems that are exported to, to by the West. <clears throat> and he says that it doesn't matter to us because he says we can have these systems bump up against each, against each other and go to war because that only benefits the revolution. He says the war is revolutionary. And so he says that if you understand this, you understand it all because you understand that the elite need their opposition and they need it to 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 uh to go to war because that's the best way to fund and promote their ultimate designs which are total control. And war is also a great way to make money. <clears throat> and he says that uh, did you imagine that the people that run the planet don't know how to make money. He said, "Do you do you imagine the people that know that that just figured out all of this that they don't know how to steer and manipulate coups and revolutions and fascism and socialism and democracy and all this kind of stuff?" He says, "All of these systems will ultimately die, even the secret society system." He says, "Because it will give way to our end goal." And he doesn't exactly say what the end goal is, other than he says things like total control. Right. And that's essentially where we are now, which is the technocratic era. And I was thinking as I was reading this that, you know, he lo he locates the essence of the power in this system, not in media or in government, but in the money printing. And if we think about what's going on right now in, in cryptocurrency, for example, in my view, Bitcoin is the superior uh, form of money. It is ethical money. It actually, if you think about it, solves a lot of these problems. Now, there's nothing that's absolutely perfect in the world. And it's very early in terms of Bitcoin. So Bitcoin is volatile because it's in that early phase. But a lot of things that are new, if you look at the early phases of Amazon stock, it was very volatile. It had collapses before it rose to you know, high levels of, of prominence. But you'll notice that whether it's Hillary or whether it's Bill Gates or whether they all talk about how they don't like Bitcoin. If you look at Klaus and 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 World Economic Forum, he says, "Oh, I, I like the things like the the Cardano. I like the things like the Solana. We like the things like the Ethereum, because those are all centralized things. And the difference with Bitcoin is that it's not centralized; it's decentralized, and it's based on math. You can't inflate it. It has a limited supply. Only 21 million ever will be printed." or minted or mined, you should say. Printed or minted in the sense of comparing it to the older system. So, I mean, doesn't that kind of 
show that if you understand that, and if you go listen to the the, the lectures and the talks of Michael Saylor, for example, the MicroStrategies CEO, who really invested everything he had, all of, and even took out loans to go into Bitcoin so heavily, billions of dollars into Bitcoin. You know, he goes into the depths of going of, of discussing this, explaining how this system of energy uh, storage. Money is really just a way to store energy over time. He says that that's the great innovation of, of Bitcoin is that it, it solves and it, and it goes against what this system represents. This system represents a manipulation and control mechanism where a centralized private elite group can inflate or deflate or destroy your currency at will. And he says that Bitcoin represents an international math-based system that can't be inflated or destroyed at will because it's decentralized. It's the very opposite. So that's ethical, that's just. This system is not ethical, not just. And the, the high-level Marxists themselves say that. It is intended to destroy because the destruction of economics is what leads to the technocratic socialist endgame. This is The Alex Jones Show. So... You've seen on this show, just today, bombshell after bombshell after bombshell that will affect the world for the better and that's putting the tyrants on their heels. But we can't do it without your support. I just did two hours. I did plug in the first hour. I just did two hours and did not do one plug. You tune into all the rest of the talk radio, because I get it, nobody listens to the ads. They're plugging in the segment, out of the segment. The start of the segment, out of the segment. I can't do that. Our money problems would be over if I just did that. We have sponsors lined up out the ass, but I cannot stand to do it. I just want to sell supplements and books and films at InfoWarsTore.com that empower you, that enrich your mind, that inform you, and that keep us on air. So, less than 1% of listeners actually buy products. Most listeners do share the articles and videos. That's why we're so successful. You're the reason we're successful. Not just the great guests, not just the great analysis but I can't do it without you. So I need those that have been on the fence for whatever reason to go get the best CBD oil you're gonna find out there for the price. It's the highest grade at less than 50% off what anybody else sells it for. To go get our nitric boost, it's so good for your heart and your blood and your whole cardiovascular system. To get our great prebiotics sold out for over a year, finally back at stock 40% off, or the ultimate bone broth sold out for over two years with supply chain breakdowns now, finally back in stock. And the vitamin D3 gummies and uh, the sleep aid uh, knockout and so many other great products like down and out and the new turmeric toothpaste that is full of vitamins and minerals and tea tree oil and, and highest quality iodine not just the turmeric so good for your gums so good for your cells so good to rejuvenate your body infowarsstore.com is the coordinates to get great products and know at this critical time you are fighting against the tyrants InfoWarsStore.com or 888-253-3139. We are barely in the black. I humbly appreciate your support. And I'm asking those of you that have supported to support again, get great products at the same time. And I'm asking those of you on the fence to take action now 
at InfoWarsStore.com. It's a win-win situation. Only way you lose is not taking action. Make a straight donation as well on the site, InfoWarsStore.com. This is one of the best deals out there, and it funds the InfoWar. InfoWarsPhone.com takes you to the SatellitePhoneStore.com site, but you get bigger discounts by using the URL InfoWarsPhone.com. That's 941-955-1020. Steve Quayle. The nice thing about the Bivy stick is you can use your cell phone, but it turns it into a two-way texting satellite communication device. And the folks at the satellite phone store bundled both the satellite phone and the Bivy stick. And by the way, the Bivy stick is a, a, a must for any single woman that has an SOS button on it. But this is critical because I, I came up with the term, no cell, no power, no problem. And the satellite phones, you know, when you and I started advertising these because they are a fabulous sponsor, I mean, these things sold out. So what they've done at the satellite phone store is bundled both the Bivy stick and the satellite phone. This is text only. This is obviously text the satellite phone and communication. The nice thing about the satellite phones and the Bivy sticks is with the auxiliary power command units that are available from the satellite phone store. That's right, you just know, as I important as the phone of the Bivy stick is the satellite power packs that are cutting edge, super high quality, low cost. They got solar panel systems. They've got little portable systems. I mean, there's so much on the store. I have the portable system right here and I keep this one right on my desk. You know, I've got a backup solar generator. But I want people to understand this is this is the kind of stuff that you're going to be relying on. And when you're in communications, you're in control. Look, this isn't just a sales pitch. This is a life pitch. When you go out on a boat, you put life preservers on. When you need to communicate, and, and I would encourage people to start using their devices. And those of you who basically haven't gotten them yet, to get them ASAP. They have them ready right now to ship to you. InfoWarsPhone.com. One word, InfoWarsPhone.com.